Broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. And let's establish right out of the gate, Tim. I brought you the uh, newspaper with the one-eyed hooker on the front of it. I found that online last night. Did you really? Yeah. Excellent. I went home and that was the first thing I did. The new issue of Look Who's Been Busted. This is the Portland-Salem issue. There's apparently one coming. There's a 24-page Eugene issue on the way. Now, have you ever known anybody who's been in that? Uh, Actually, we know one person who's in this. When I say we, I should say that my wife. It's a long story. It's kind of a friend of a friend sort of a situation. But uh, this issue, and I think... Maybe two issues back, uh, we knew somebody who had lived at some point, like as a roommate, with somebody who'd been busted, for, I think, for making meth or something. So, uh, it's sort of a two degrees of separation thing, but, you know, I... Uh, it happens. I, it, I mean, but really, who hasn't had that happen? My thing about the one-eyed hooker is... She's kind of amazing. I mean, there's so much. She looks like a dementor. There's, there's so much to say about this. You have and to ask yourself... she looks like a man. I can't believe that's, that's a woman. That's the other thing. And you've got to ask... Like, does she even try to sort of, like, does she wear, I don't know, like, maybe a shawl or something over over her face to sort of cover, like, the fact that she's only got the one eye? And if you were a man and you ended up picking, I mean, do you know that there's the, the one eye when you pick her up? And is that like your discount shopping? It's like when you get that bottom shelf uh, liquor over at the liquor store? I wonder how much a one-eyed hooker is. <laughs> I don't really I still know. think you people price. It's not the eye that you're after. Words were never spoken, Tim. As always, cutting to the uh, cutting to the heart of the matter. All right. Well, in any event, uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. Coming up later on today, I swear to God, we're going to interview Rodney King. I got somebody y- yesterday afternoon who thought it was uh, like a goof. I was being uh, wacky in some way. Rodney King coming up uh, later on today. That'll be at 740. Uh, Harry Shearer of Spinal Tap and Simpsons fame in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll talk to the Willamette Week's Kelly Clark. Uh, uh, she'll be here at 7 o'clock with food porn. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com coming up at 640. Greg Nibbler talks balls at uh, 6 a.m. And uh, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Blink 182 at some point during today's show. Also a pair of passes to see Halloween 2 from uh, uh, Rob Zombie. And I've got another uh, soundbite from Larry King. I have to thank our friend Christy Turnquist for sending me this one. So this is from, this is from, I'll, I'll just play this right out of the gate. This is from two nights ago. So, you know, there's that, what's his name? Is it Philip Garrido? Is that the guy's name? This is the the kidnapping uh, the guy in California had the girl in the tent sitting in the backyard. So I guess like 15, 20 years ago, he had assaulted some some other woman. I, it was, he was convicted of it or he did time for it or whatever. But so he, he had assaulted some other woman, I guess maybe back in the mid-80s. 
And then, you know, she's kind of making the television rounds wondering why he was still out and about and sort of free to kidnap again. Yeah. So that part of the story is obviously horrible. There's, there's no getting around that. It really is the fact that she's on Larry King uh, two nights ago, and she's talking about the initial assault that this Garrido guy had committed against her. And Larry King showing the tact and sensitivity for which he's known. I'll just play this and then listen to listen to Larry King's initial follow-up question. So this is the woman on Larry King talking about how Philip Garrido had, I think he had sort of cornered her. She was at like at a shopping mall or something. She comes out, she goes to the car, and like he, Larry, Philip Garrido sort of standing off to the side with it, with a knife or whatever. So he kind of leaps out of the out of the shadows at her, gets her in the car, and then you know the the, the assault takes place. Larry King though asks the initial follow-up question that only Larry King could really and ask. And, of course, he, he never listens to the answers. No. <laughs> he's always ready with the next question. Well, you can tell that he's not... Not only is he, does he not listen to the answer, he's really not even paying attention to the story because he seizes on, like, the most incidental detail you could possibly imagine. So I think she says she's coming out of a restaurant and uh, she's getting into the car here. I said, well, okay, and I just turned around the corner and pulled over and he... Slammed my head into the steering wheel and pulled out handcuffs. He took my keys out, threw them on the floor, and pulled out handcuffs and handcuffed me and and uh, said, I just want a piece of ass. If, you're, if you be good, you won't get hurt. What did he do with the food? <laughs> he put it on the floor, I guess. I don't know. I mean... Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> what you have for dessert? <laughs> That's terrific. Wow. Do you prefer your creme brulee uh, braised or actually crisped on top? <laughs> there you go. Sensitivity, thy name is King. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you this morning? Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to make a little laughter into your morning. That's, uh, that's what we do here. I'm doing well. I can already feel the crazy in the Yeah, he today. continues to work. And I'm just, the, the, Laura said that. Like, how can he... I, I who's keeping th- him on the air after saying something but like that? Who, who's going to call Larry King into the office <laughs> and cr- critique his performance? Don't you get the feeling that if you fired Larry King, he wouldn't pay any attention to it, though? Like, he wouldn't even register? Because in the back of his head, he's just, I can't wait to get home and have some warm milk. What did he do with the food? There you go. Awesome. I, I just want a piece of ass, and you won't get hurt. Working with the food. All right, what is this food kosher? Uh, I cannot believe How many that. calories was the meal? <laughs> that is just ridiculous. It's Larry King, though. It really is. It is uh, It is the absolute embodiment of what that guy is all about. Excellent. I'm excited for Rodney King Day. I really am. I am, too. I have to say, Rodney King and Harry Shearer in back-to-back hours, it's, uh, it's going to be a glorious program. I can already sense it. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning for the KUFO News Center, downtown Portland, 509. Expect showers today, highs in the 70s, and rain coming in to ruin the weekend. Well, you just can't keep a good politician down. Former Governor John Kitzhaber has thrown his hat into the ring, seeking a third term after sitting on the sidelines for the past few years. He promises to spend more time outside of Salem this time around and meet with average people. A pit bull mix has been shot and killed by a Salem cop after the savage beast escaped from its yard and tried to bind people. The owners aren't sure how it escaped. A Beaverton woman is charged with kidnapping her roommate's kids. Lucinda Cardoza Hernandez told police she was depressed and driving around with the kids made her feel happy. So Hillary Clinton is investigating what looks like another 
well, kind of like an Abu Ghraib type of thing. Uh, these misdeeds are going on at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. Uh, guards have uh, come to the uh, government agency known as POGO with allegations and photographic evidence that some supervisors and guards are engaging in deviant hazing and humiliation of subordinates. Uh, numerous emails, photographs, and video portray a strange environment at this embassy. One email from a current guard describes scenes in which guards and supervisors are peeing on people, eating potato chips out of buttock cracks, vodka shots out of buttock cracks. There's video of that one. Uh, broken doors and drunken brawls, threats of intimidation for those uh, participating. Uh, photographic evidence shows guards, including supervisors at parties in various stages of nudity, sometimes fondling each other, but they stress that none of them are gay. <laughs> That's... Because, That's the most important because part that it. would be deviant. Because that would be an, that would be an unacceptable difference from the norm. They want that made clear. An Afghan national employed as a food service worker at the uh, guards camp says he's been uh, well, he's been the target of abusive foul language. One of the American guards said to him as he was passing by, "You are very good for effing." <laughs> Maybe it was meant as a compliment. So uh, the name of the... Now, the guards the guards working at the embassy are hired by a private contractor known as Wackenhut. <laughs> this, like uh, this is like a great Karnak sort of a thing. Uh, the answer is, uh, let's see. Where do most of the guards have their relations? All right, never mind. And apparently there's a language barrier there for non-English speakers where both sides are forced to use pantomime in all situations. Are you sure you don't mean pantomiming, Tim? So uh, this letter was sent to, please, Mrs. Clinton, help us. Wait, so are the guards putting the vodka in their butt? That is buttocks? correct, yes. These are vodka shots. Uh, and butt from... cracks. These people the are not are gay. <laughs> but this, the, and is there anything that the, is there anything that we can't apparently use vodka in association with at this point? Even more graphic, anal beer bongs and soaking tampons in vodka. Yeah, go, it really is the wonder drug that works wonders. Uh, so there are scenes of public drunkenness, and uh, one U.S. guard appears to have urinated on himself and then splashed an Afghan national with his urine. Okay. We're just scratching the surface of these uh, Wackenhut employees. <laughs> All right, then. Straight ahead, we will have more news from Tim Riley, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum joining us as well. Uh, Rodney King will be on the show later on today. We'll talk to... Why not? <laughs> Just fits in perfectly in a strange, horrible way. And uh, Harry Shearer from The Simpsons. You stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. All right, then. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And uh, just a short why we have more uh, from Tim Riley at the news desk. He's working on the following stories on this Thursday morning. Well, the first Miss Cougar America is crowned. Chris Brown will have to re- remove graffiti and pick up trash. And Levi Johnson claims Sarah Palin trying to secretly adopt that baby. Did you see that uh, they're saying he might be posing for Playgirl? Yes, I have that here. Yeah. And he named that kid. The kid's middle name is Easton, 
which he said is the name, the company that manufactures his favorite brand of hockey equipment. So there you go. That's a story in which there's really no one that you can root for. There's uh, there's really no one that you can wholeheartedly support. Will the next child be named Puck? Yes. Yes, it will, Tim. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Seeking a radio correspondent and man about town, Steve Castavam. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm fantabulous. Uh, I have this question about Bernie Madoff. First of all, did you see that that interview with his alleged mistress, uh, or was that while you were out of the country, where she apparently has she's written a book or she's written some she's written a, a kind of a tell all about the entire affair in which she made reference to the fact that his. Um, his manhood uh, was perhaps uh, on the diminutive side. Were you around when that was happening? No. Oh, I did not hear that. I must have been away on vacation. Yeah, I think it's why you were out of town. We were having a discussion about it. She was on Good Morning America, I think, and she's written this book called, I think it's called Madoff's Other Secret or Bernie's Other Secret or something like that. Oh, man. But, but she's sort of revealing everything, and she does, uh, she speculates at some length, so to speak, that uh, perhaps some of his... Um, some of his physical attributes uh, caused him to feel uh, inferior, and that's why he was sort of scamming everybody out of like you know the billions of dollars or whatever. But so apparently, there's this there's this report that came out that said that they knew like years ago that he was getting some huge pyramid scheme on, and nobody really just they just sort of opted not to do anything about it. Yeah. So basically, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is the regulating agency for for indus- for businesses like Bernie Madoff's investment firm. Their inspector general, so basically their top cop, did their own internal investigation. And and the the most uh, upsetting thing to the victims of Madoff's scam is that uh, the inspector general said, we had all this information. The SEC did an interview with him. He basically, you know, gave us ample evidence that there was something amiss here. And then we did nothing with it. So what is the, I mean, did it just go in like a big inbox somewhere? It was just like one of those teetering stacks of paper they they didn't quite get a chance to get to. It sounds like uh, like there was negligence there because he he went on to say the inspector general's report went on to say that it doesn't seem like there was any foul play. He couldn't find any evidence that any SEC officials had intervened in the investigation on his behalf or anything like that. That it was just, you know, a, a bad job done by these guys. I don't know if we've already discussed this or not. We probably have, but we we, we were talking about the derivation of the name Ponzi and you know the, where it, where it originally came from. I would like to you know track down some of the descendants of the actual whatever the guy's name was. You know Floyd Ponzi or what, whoever it is that we do, we deduced was actually the reason they call the pyramid schemes Ponzi uh, Ponzi schemes. I'd like to sort of you know find out if they have any relatives living in America and just see you know see what that might be like. I always wonder about people who are cursed with last names like that. I'm guessing that the actual descendants, you know, changed their last name. I mean, I would if I, if I was like the son of the guy who initiated the Ponzi scheme, you know. It's entirely possible. So, uh. so wait, so it gets better though. So um, I, I interviewed an attorney who represents some of the victims of Bernard Madoff's scam, right? Uh, and uh, she told me uh, that. Well, we already knew this. We interviewed Bernard Madoff in prison in July as we try to trace the funds and see what we can get. And he told us as much. He told us in 2006 that he was interviewed by the SEC, and he thought the next day he'd be arrested. Here's what she told me. He told us that in uh, mid-2006, he went to the SEC, answered questions before a group of people, and he thought that the jig was up. He thought he'd come to work that Monday, and he'd be closed down. 
But but nobody came to arrest him on Monday. Nobody came on Tuesday. So the guy just kept on defrauding people for another two and a half years. Well, I mean, look, I mean, if you're already at that point, as poker players would say, you are pot committed. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you've already found something. If you're good at something, you might as well do it as, as you know, as long as you can and as well as you can. If you're uh, if you're in a groove, you might as well continue until the man comes to take you away. Yeah. Good God Almighty. It's a bizarre world. All right, my friend. Have a, a fantastic day. We will talk to you soon, Steve. Take care. There you go. See you in a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Good Lord. All right. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up at uh, 6 o'clock. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Rodney King, Harry Shearer from The Simpsons. See you in a radio correspondent. They're burying Michael Jackson today, aren't they? Oh, yeah, that's one of those trivial yep. matters going on. Totally fell off the radar. What with the uh, the buttocks and the potato chips and so forth. Stay there. Back after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. What are you doing? Sharpening these throwing stars. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It is Thursday morning. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Later on the day, you're shot at a pair of tickets to see Blink-182. They're going to be uh, here next Wednesday night. Wait, next Wednesday, next Tuesday? What's the 9th? I think it's... Oh, it's Wednesday. Very confusing. Next week, uh, Blink-182 will uh, be here. We've got a pair of passes uh, for you to see them at some point during today's show. Later on, we'll talk to Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week with this week's installment of Food Porn. Uh, Rodney King, also Harry Shearer of The Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. 540 now. Expect showers today. Highs in the 70s. Rain coming in this weekend. Well, a specific electronic lottery game has cost the state thousands of dollars. You see, there were way too many winners. Da Vinci Diamonds is reportedly only supposed to pay out hundreds of dollars, but a system glitch caused it to pay players thousands, thousands and thousands. Officials say businesses in the Eugene area experience the greatest amount of money loss when they have to give customers their winnings. Too many people won, apparently, due to some technical glitch. Wait, so this is like a video poker machine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The total amount of money lost by the system is being investigated by Oregon lottery officials. People aren't supposed to win. So now, if you if you win on a defective machine like that, do you have to give it back? Or can you keep it? They're not saying. This I, is the, well, this is the first time that this has happened. So, I mean, if you go, because if you use Normally, an, you don't win. Like, uh... They're rigged that way. You just, you just win sadness and cancer as you, as you mm-hmm. sit there and chain smoke. Um, the... It, wait. So, but if you're if you're sitting in front of a, a, a machine like that and it's paying off when it's not supposed to, mm-hmm. then is that like in an ATM when an ATM malfunctions? It could be because if an ATM gives you like if you ask an ATM to give you twenty bucks and it gives you two hundred bucks uh, by mistake, then you're you know that's a thing you like the, you can't just keep that because I think that's actually called theft. I think the bank will come and they'll take that back from you. And I think if you don't give it back, I think they'll send the man to get it from you. Mm-hmm. Or if they put money in your account by mistake, you know, you don't get to keep that. So if you have a, a, a defective lottery machine or the, the poker machine and you're not supposed to win, but it's paying off at some, you know, if, if it's paying you when it's not supposed to or if the ratio of payoffs to losses is, is skewed, is that, in, in other words, if it's a malfunction inside the wiring of the, you know, the hardware of the machine, I wonder if that's, if that's money you get to keep. That is a good question. Well, we should find, is it, uh, so how many people, do we know how many people were, we don't were know winning how many on people this? Yet, they're not saying. 
but it's cost the state thousands of dollars. It's I'd called be, Da Vinci Diamonds. Why I'd not play it now while you can? Curious, like, curious to know if that was a, was that an error in the programming? In other words, when they designed the game, did somebody just not carry the one correctly, or was it an actual? Was it like a, an electronic mistake inside where there was some sort of a short circuit or, you know, not a short circuit, but a thing like that? All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So it's in the system itself. Is the game still out there? Is, I mean, is it still, have, or are they just gone out and they removed might have it from everywhere? They might right. have, it's called Da Vinci Diamonds. Ask for it. Ask for it by name, won't you? Police in Portland will be out in force over the weekend. They'll be involved in a statewide crackdown on dangerous drivers. It's part of a national campaign called Drunk Driving Over the Limit Under Arrest. Uh, People in Utah are outraged that a video showing President Barack Obama was shown to school children. The conservative Utah Eagle Forum says this video is blatantly political. It says in it, quote, I pledge to be of service to Barack Obama. This is very inappropriate for children. Left-wing propaganda, says the Utah Eagle Forum. I guess we can uh, listen to a little bit of this on the YouTube and see how much propaganda there is involved here. Let's see here. Well, after not only ourselves but each other i pledge i pledge i pledge to help end hunger in america by supporting feeding america and our local food bank left-wing causes it's just wrong to smile more to laugh more to love more i loving to volunteer more of my time volunteering to help children battling serious illnesses with the art of elysium i pledge to be a great mother to be a great father to continue working with UNICEF to make this world a better place for all of our... Left-wing propaganda. That's what that is, Tim. That's just socialism. It's offensive. On the march through your town, any town USA. So the comments, this is published in the, uh, let's see, Salt Lake City Tribune. The comments underneath it says, What is that noise down the street? Oh, it's those little precious brown shirts marching again. <laughs> I wonder how this is a feel-good ad for the Democratic Party. It's similar to those ads of young people playing on the beach and drinking. You know, I would like to know. Really, I'd like to know how actual Nazis feel about Barack Obama being called a Nazi. He is using our public schools to promote this over-the-top liberal agenda. Hey, Greg, can we find? Uh, there's still an American Nazi party, isn't there, Tim? I, I ask so as though you remember you it. Talk to a Nazi? Tim, you're Aryan looking. What? <laughs> no, people always tell me that. Did you say you want to talk to a Nazi? Yes. I'd like no. to know. No, no, no. No, here's why. What I want to know. Greg? I want to know how an actual Nazi feels about, like, Barney Frank, for example, uh, or Barack Obama being called Nazis. This would end poorly. Do, I, I mean, don't you think that would be interesting? Oh, it would be interesting, but it would end poorly. Okay. So, so just so I'm understanding this, you want me to book a Nazi for the show? <laughs> We, is, this, is, there, is there a Nazi clearinghouse out there? Going to be played back in a uh, in a department head meeting of some kind. Do you remember saying this, Rick Emerson? And then they hit play with me saying, "I want you to book a Nazi." I'm just saying it would be interesting to play me. Play more music and speak with more Nazis. <laughs> That's the way cum to court, Tim. That's the way one captures the 18 to 44 year old well, demographic. Can't get enough cum. That's right. The I would just I would be interested to know the take on that. Uh, you know, on that depiction. From let's say the American Nazi viewpoint, that's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. It's just a, it's a thing that strikes me. It's a question now that my brain has conjured up that I that I would like to have answered. Do you want more comments? Because from Salt Lake seriously, City this I, video is something like you'd expect in an Islamic or communist country where they're brainwashing <laughs> children. It's creepy. What with it asking you to smile and all, because. Look, I mean, I know that we all have short attention spans in this country because of the intertubes and 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 so forth. 
But I, I don't really recall. I mean, I remember being in history class and them showing us some of those old Nazi propaganda films. And it doesn't really seem like Smile More was one of their big. That wasn't one of their big party platforms or anything. It wasn't a lot of. Uh, and I pledge to help old ladies cross the street. So it was. It was more. You know, a lot of like stand over there while we shoot your family in the head. So I'm just. It seems like there's a disconnect some some somehow between reality and uh, and perception here. That's, it's, that's all I'm saying. It's bad enough what's in TV shows, but actors and actresses spewing their views is nothing but garbage. <laughs> What was the first quarter? It was something about what? Do you hear that? It's the sound of brown shirts me, coming down the street. Let me go back here. That was the first comment. Oh, uh, Almighty! Yes. Uh, what is that noise coming down the street? Oh, it's just those precious little brown shirts marching again. Am I wrong in remembering that the first? Man, what kind of a place is this? The, the first line of the video was that I pledged to smile more. Yes. All right. Well, they're happy Nazis, apparently. I uh, thought they were happier during the Olympics when they were kicking up their heels, getting drunk. Nazis or people in Salt Lake? People in Salt Lake. Remember that? I th- all, all the local rioting was caused by the locals. It wasn't the people visiting. I thought you meant like in Munich or something. I was, there wasn't a lot of heel kicking. Uh, you know, uh, the, the people in Salt Lake are. It's it's a bizarre place to live. Are it you really not is. To smile. What is the problem? Yeah, the thing is, in Utah, you I mean, you're allowed to smile. One might even say you're forced to smile. You just don't want to. Mm-hmm. That's a place where you're only smiling on the outside. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I think we had this story a while back where the, the church is actually purchased. They've come to some agreement with the city where there is this whole section of streets in downtown Salt Lake that are now owned by the. Take a drink. They are now owned by the church and you are not allowed to engage in any sort of ungodly behavior while you're on these public streets. I mean, they're actually city streets, but. Okay, I'm not even touching my computer, by the way. My yeah. hands are up here, like jazz hand style, uh, is, next to my ears. This uh, is being muted as of now. Okay. There'll be no further noises. <laughs> All right. He said, well, okay. I'm sorry, that was me. I was trying to play the Windows plonk noise, and then it went to Larry King. Okay. Oh, just touch anything over here. It'll cause it. Seriously. Okay, let's move ahead. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. What were we doing? I don't know. Greg was booking a Nazi for the show, but... That's probably something you don't want on your uh, on your HR record, by the way, as they're looking at your computer logs, as typing in nationalist nationalist, uh, you know, the dot com or whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Susan Atkins is a, a terminally ill Charles Manson follower who admitted stabbing actress Sharon Tate forty years ago. Lost what is likely to be her last bid for freedom, Atkins, who suffers from brain cancer, slept through most of the four hour hearing during which her husband, lawyer, pleaded for her release. It was a dramatic event, one of the few in which Atkins opened her eyes. What is this? <laughs> Apparently, she spends most of her time sleeping. Uh, her parole officer says he and the other commissioners who presided over the hearing uh, based their decision heavily on the atrocious nature of the 1969 killings in which Atkins never fully understood the magnitude of her crimes. She's 61 and is expected to die of brand- brain cancer. And uh, she was supposed to die a year ago, but she continues to cling to life. Well, the weird thing is, is that she's they... She's also missing a leg. They, is that true, really? Yeah. Well, so they let uh, Squeaky Fromm out uh, last month, right? In, in in early, although I guess it, to be fair, Squeaky Fromm. I mean, she wasn't. She didn't take part in any like, like an accessory, right? Yeah, I mean, she was like an accessory after the fact. In in so much as the, the, she helped Manson hide out in the desert, but she did point a gun at the president of the United States. And which she's, is, she's a grubby girl, uh, uh, Squeaky Fromm. Yes. Well, you know, the, the, have you read that? Um, have you read that biography of her that came out a couple years ago? It's a whole weird nutcase family of hers. The strange thing about all the Manson girls is is that none of them came 
from like down and out families. They were often these strange sort of madmen, uh, you know, middle America mm-hmm. type families. And there's, but there's something deeply cracked in her. You just look. She's got the uh, she's got the Amanda Fritz uh, crazy eyes going on. Not that Amanda Fritz is an accomplice after the fact of anything. But she does have crazy eyes. That we know of. But she has crazy, full-on crazy eyes. She's in the uh, she's in the Oregonian today, by the way. She's like sitting on a fence post, staring straight at the camera with that look that there's secret voices inside her head that only she can hear. All right. Uh, straight ahead, Greg Nibbler will join us with Ball Talk. Uh, on deck today, we have uh, college football and the uh, latest on Adam Pac-Man Jones. I'm going to ask Greg why he's called Pac-Man, because that's a thing I've heard for like seven years, and I don't understand why it's the case. Uh, later on in the program, Rodney King, Jim Root from Los Angeles, and Harry Shearer from The Simpsons. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO. Portland. All right, then. It's the Rick Emerson Show right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101-503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week coming up at uh, 720 with Food Porn. Rodney King at 740. So I actually have to say that based on all the feedback I've gotten, I was looking at my uh, Facebook page and then just judging for the email, everybody seems to agree that Rodney King was like the most balanced guy in the celebrity rehab show. So who knows? Maybe he's... Uh, Maybe Rodney King has turned over a new leaf for himself. I am going to ask if he feels like he can just speed with impunity at this point. You know, because you, you got to figure if you're that guy. I can't imagine that any cop who gets called, because I think there was some case, I don't know, it was maybe like six, seven years ago. The police department, the LAPD or somebody, they got, they got called to a house. There's some sort of a ruckus going on. And they get there and they knock on the door and some guy answers and they go, I'm sorry, we got called here. We heard that there was a shouting or the breaking of crockery happening. Can we please see your ID? And then the guy pulls out his license and it's Rodney King. And I think the cops at that point just said, like, F it. And they just pulled the ripcord and got in the car and left. So I think you have sort of a permanent get out of jail and everything free card for the rest of your life. So I'll ask him that. We're going to talk about this, um, this pay-per-view thing he's got coming up where he's, I swear to God, he's going to be boxing a cop. So, uh, Harry Shearer from The Simpsons will also uh, be joining us. That's in the uh, 8 o'clock hour and uh, so forth. Tim Riley is working on the following stories on your Thursday morning. So, we're going to look more into these uh, video machines that are paying out huge amounts of money. The rumor has it they were rigged by a disgruntled fired employee from the lotto. Now, see, if they were rigged, though, how would it be rigged? Because aren't they computerized? I mean, isn't that a computer program? It's not like a mechanical mm-hmm. device. I thought it was all just random. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I, I mean... I guess I, and apparently one of the machines that's paying out big bucks is at Porky's Palace on well, Highway 99 west of Eugene. <laughs> Excellent. Is that is that right next to, to Flappy's Pie House? We don't know. We'll have to investigate that further. I, I know that we're going to be talking about this later, but I do have one follow-up question, which is this. When you, so when you say a lottery machine... What kind of machine are we talking about here? This isn't, in other words, it's not like a video poker machine. Then, is, is it like a virtual uh, pull tab machine or something, or like it a virtual is a scratch off video slot game or line game? It has five spinning reels right. and pays out prizes when players get certain icons in a given row. So it is. So it's sort of like a slot machine, but it's more like a pull tab because they don't have actual physical pull tabs here. Right. I think it's. A, I think the, the kind with the electronic kind is all they have. It seems like that something has to do with the computer program, which I would imagine would be double checked and triple checked, and you know, I think the lottery didn't we when we did that scratch off thing for the for the the, the scratching for kids oh, scratching thing for schools the mall didn't they say that they actually have 
they have private contractors that do nothing but print their lottery tickets and they got to be, you know, like bonded and insured and they got to mm-hmm. go through all kinds of security tests to make sure they don't rig the thing. So it seems unlikely that they would just have one guy in a back room, uh, you know, named, named Zippy, who's responsible for sort of programming everything. With a cigarette in his mouth, giggling and chuckling to himself, <laughs> I'll, I'll show them. Snuffy's going to show the man not to screw with him. All right, it's 503-228-4101. And uh, just because we like to bring amusement to your morning, we will be playing that Larry King soundbite uh, probably five or 600 more times before the end of the show. That's pretty incredible. You want to be listening? Uh, the Neil Diamond pot song again? I do have that racked up as well because I got several requests for that. All right, uh, Sarah, from uh, whence is the bed deriving for Greg's thing? All right, do you have that? All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for Greg Nibbler's Bull Talk. All right, we've got a couple of things here today for Ball Talk. Uh, first off, Adam Pacman Jones, the longtime king jackass of the NFL, will not be getting another chance to play football. He was uh, announced a couple of days ago that he had signed with the Canadian Football League because no NFL team would take him anymore. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, wherever that is. And he... Um, uh, just yesterday, it was announced that the Canadian team decided, no, they're not going to take him. Now, why? For, I have to back up on this. A, why, why is, is he like... called Pac-Man? Uh, he's called Pac-Man because he's a defensive back, and so he always snags the balls when they uh, are thrown into the backfield. He, he gobbles up there's, the... There's no ball he doesn't grab. Yeah. This is ball talk. This is ball talk. And so, why is he a jackass? Well, he's a jackass. Here's a, here's a list of some of the things he's been accused and or convicted of in the last uh, few years. <laughs> so, felony vandalism, uh, spitting on women twice... Uh, shooting guns in public, accomplice uh, to a cocaine dealer, beating up strippers, and assaulting his own bodyguard <laughs> in a bathroom at a hotel. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is amazing. Assaulting his own bodyguard. He assaulted his own bodyguard that in a bathroom. That doesn't say much for his choice of bodyguards, though, that the bodyguard was someone who he could actually overpower. <laughs> if you're, yes, if you're exactly. stronger than your bodyguard, what is the point of having the bodyguard? It seems <laughs> like you've got that equation reversed. There's really a number of problems there. And apparently they were both drunk, yeah, in a bathroom at a hotel and kind of fight with each other. <laughs> What, what do you say we just lock ourselves in a small room with a quart of whiskey and see what happens? <laughs> yes, yeah, so so that is Adam Pacman Jones. Well done. Uh, yes, so he will not be coming back. Uh, the other big thing today is college football is starting. Today is the opening day of college football, and uh, today's there's a few games going on today, but the big one is the opener with Oregon at Boise State taking place tonight. This is a huge game. Oregon is ranked number 16, Boise State number 14. That's reversed in certain polls, so they're pretty much equal. The Broncos beat U of O in Eugene last year, so there's a, there's a lot of revenge for that one. And there's a few things of note for tonight's game. Uh, Oregon is the highest ranked team to enter Boise State ever, but Boise State has won 50 regular season games in a row at Broncos Stadium. The winner of tonight's game can pretty much say goodbye to any chances of a championship uh, for the entire season. So pretty much the entire season is tonight. And uh, they, of course, will be shaking hands on the field before the game as a result of the NCAA deciding that uh, there needs to be more sportsmanship in football. You know, that's socialism, too. Uh, That's uh, that's the sound of brown shirts walking onto the field is what that is. So I I would say this gives it about a 50-50 chance of a fight starting before the game even starts, (laughs) which is going to be awesome. So that's taking place at 7.15 tonight uh, on ESPN Television Nationwide and, of course, radio coverage on our new sister station, 95.5 The Game. That's tonight at 7.15. We'll talk about Oregon State and the rest of college football uh, later on. And this... uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Just two two things. One, uh, when you were talking about him spitting on women... (laughs) 
<laughs> in what context was that happening? It wasn't like the sexy kind of spitting. No, no, it was not sexy at all. Apparently, he spit on a university student. This was a grown man, NFL player, at some club. <laughs> and he spit on some Tennessee State University girl. Uh, spit in her face. And then he also spit on a, spit on another woman outside of a club that angered him. He also, the, the stripper thing, just to give a quick backstory on that one. Apparently, he was at the strip club with Nelly, the rapper, in Las Vegas. And they were throwing dollar bills up onto the stage to make it rain. Nelly was doing this, and Adam Pac-Man Jones decided he wanted to do that too, so he threw the dollars on the stage. But then after the dance was done, the stripper started collecting them, and he got mad because he wanted his dollar bills back. <laughs> <laughs> it was apparently just for show. She doesn't get to keep the money. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, so he grabbed her head and slammed her onto the ground and then uh, tried to take his money back in a garbage bag, and then his bodyguard came back into the club or his entourage or something and shot it up and shot up one of the security guards. What did he do with the food? Yeah. All right. Excellent. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. We return next with Tim Riley at the news desk. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in low definition. Are you just going to let me bleed out? The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for uh, joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, at 7.20, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will have food porn. 7.40, Rodney King will join us. At 8.20, we will talk about uh, Michael Jackson, who's getting buried today, which I completely forgot about. Is it, I think that's in the stack here, some Michael Jackson bear. Michael. I mean, the weird thing is that like, that's almost an afterthought at this point. It is. It's it's under things like... Uh, Did you think that... Uh, here's a question I'm going to ask Jim later on. Has it occurred to you that maybe they're uh, holding off on arresting the doctor because they want to wait until he's buried? I mean, they kind of want to wait until he's in the ground and everything. Like, the family has asked them not to sort of overshadow the funeral by busting the doctor. Because you got to figure that they're not waiting on anything else at this point. I mean, the doctor's already said, I gave him the dipper van or whatever. The the death certificate says that's what killed him. And the LAPD, I think, according to TMZ, the LAPD says they're not examining anybody. Else. There's no other doctors who are currently under suspicion. I mean, it seems like they've got all of the uh, all of the required pieces uh, seem to have been found at this point. They're just waiting to be assembled. Anyway, so we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop about that uh, later on as well. At this uh, juncture in time, we are going to take caller number 10 at 503-228-4101-503-228-4101. You win a pair of passes to see Halloween 2. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 can be seen at any regal theater near you. Remember, family is forever. That is uh, Caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim. Riley in the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, 623. Expect showers today, rain coming in this weekend. Oregonians will rescue California. The crews fighting wildfires destroying acres of land in SoCal are getting help from the Oregon Super Tanker. The newly modified 747 aircraft from Evergreen Aviation in McMinnville is capable of dropping 20,000 gallons of fire retardant during one load. It's reportedly dropping it on the station fire and a second fire in the San Bernardino National Forest. From Mont Vernon, Washington comes word the mayor there, Bud Norris, has taken heat from some of the civilians in his town after offering the key to the city to Glenn Beck. Uh, Bud says Beck is a native of his town. He deserves the honor. 
is planning the award celebration for September 26th. Uh, and he planned it before uh, Beck accused President Obama of being a racist. While the young Democrats of Skagit County are outside the Mount Vernon at City Hall protesting, they're urging the city to change its locks. Can we just agree, by the way, that if you're a, a young anything, Democrat, Republican, socialist, whatever, you're probably a singularly joyless individual? Yes. I mean, really, I, you know, I'm not trying to bust on anybody who wants to be part of the American political process or who wants to be invested in their community or so forth. It just seems like if you're whiling away your adolescent or early 20-something hours becoming a young anything at all, there's probably very, very little excitement or enthusiasm for anything in your life. That would just be my estimation. So getting back to this Oregon lottery game that's going haywire and paying out the big jackpots, it says here retailers usually get to keep 27.5% of whatever gamblers lose, and the terminals are usually programmed to pay out less than they take in over time, so merchants make a profit. Uh, the manager of Sweet Illusions in Springfield, he declines to give his name. I'm sure that'll be hard to find because he doesn't want to anger the state lottery officials. Notice really? the problem, August 26th. The state lottery officials who actually are responsible for giving him and his establishment the games. Uh-huh. Um, yes, I'm sure his name he, isn't on file he made, anywhere. He made several calls to the lottery office. I'm sure they don't have his name. He's a, re- he's a regular Kaiser Soze. And he was told that <laughs> these games go through hot spells and it would sort itself out. But the machine continues to bleed cash. I paid out more in one game than I make in the month. People are playing it like crazy. Uh, Jim, the owner of Porky's Palace, uh, which is a barbecue over on Highway 99 west of Eugene, <sighs> said uh, players have uh, caught into the game's generosity. It's obvious that some of the uh, people warned him to shut the machine up because the payouts were too good. People are foaming at the mouth to play that game, and not just in Eugene and Springfield. The game paid off in every single machine across the state of Oregon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was alarmed when $201 was put into a machine and $2,400 <laughs> was paid out. <laughs> so it's actually paying off at a rate of 10 to 1. It, the thing is, there's Da Vinci Diamonds game is available at every location where the video lottery game is offered. So get out there and play this game. Seriously, what are we doing here? We could be making more money down the street playing. Wait, is there some sort of a time limit? Sarah, let me ask you this. You spend a lot of time in bars. Is there a time limit on... I don't know what you're talking... Yes. But you know what I mean? Like, like you can't... Because you can't sell after, what, like two here. Uh, yeah, that, I see them you... all coming home when I'm coming into work. But is there any the such highway. rule with video poker machines or video lottery machines? Can those things run 24 hours a day? Like if you put one at a 7-Eleven or something. I think so. I mean, I'm just saying right now. I, mean, I see people play it from morning to night. Like uh, They're just people that you never see get up from those things. I, they, they gross me out. Video poker machines are gross. We could be here uh, you know, working on this show and making uh, you know, whatever amount of money here, but it sounds like if we all like to win our separate... Like, the four of us went our separate directions right now. And agreed to find some of these machines, and maybe you had said to regroup here around 10 a.m. or so. It seems like we might actually be uh, be way ahead. The return on investment might be significantly higher. That's all I'm saying. So go play it today. It's everywhere. It's called Da Vinci Diamond. Excellent. You will win. I like the idea that the response is, well, these things happen. Also, that he won't it's give not his our name. Problem. Well, which is sort of like, I mean, not to compare the two as such, but it, it's kind of like this woman who was on Larry King, this woman who I guess was assaulted by, what's his name, the Philip Garrido guy, the, the, the California kidnapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you noticed that we don't have a nickname for that guy yet? We usually come up with nicknames for folks like this, and him we don't. It's just a guy in California with the weird tent city in the background and all the creepy kids that were his. So the woman who. I guess was assaulted by him back in the mid '80s or, or whenever it was. I think I've got I've got the actual article here. Let's see. That's um, right here somewhere. But I guess it was maybe '86. She's on Larry King, 
And I mean, I guess I understand the thing about not identifying assault victims of some kinds because it's a privacy or whatever. But it's not like they're doing the thing where she's silhouetted behind a screen or like 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 she's she's there on national television. Like, it is a well rehearsed speech that she she's used word for word on other places. And it's odd that she has chosen to not identify herself by name, even though. Like, they're not taking any pains to, to disguise her face or identity. She's just sitting on the other side of Larry King uh, being interviewed. I should play that. Uh, let's see. This is So this is what we're referring to. I played this this morning at the beginning of the show. So this is Larry King from, I think, this uh, today's Thursday. So it would have been Tuesday night. And I don't know how I missed this somehow because I'm a compulsive watcher of both Larry King. Because Larry King and Anderson Cooper are sort of back-to-back. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's two or three, depending on how you look at it, uh, hours of entertainment is right there in a row. So this is Larry King, and he's talking to the woman who was assaulted by Philip Garrido some years ago. And she's describing in, you know, pretty pretty awful detail this horrible thing that happened to her where he kind of, she's leaving a restaurant, she's walking to her car, he comes out of the shadows and he's got, you know, a knife or some kind of a weapon, and then proceeds to assault her, which she's describing, and clearly is a very unpleasant story. And then Larry King asks uh, this sort of clarifying question, as only Larry King really can. He said, well, okay, and I just turned around the corner and pulled over, and he slammed my head into the steering wheel and pulled out handcuffs. He took my keys out, threw them on the floor, and pulled out handcuffs and handcuffed me and and uh, said, I just want a piece of ass. If, you're, if you be good, you won't get hurt. What do you do with the food? He put it on the floor, I guess. <laughs> and to her credit, she sort of played through it and, you know, answered his question as though it made any kind of sense. You have to wonder. That is so weird. And, like, what is going on inside his head at that point? And I think I, he was probably well, hungry. It's almost like somebody types in the responses and the mouth moves and the words come out. <laughs> He's like one of those. Someone's it's, just messing with it. It's like the inaccurate closed captioning that you sometimes see on yeah. television. Uh, if, if, like in the back of his head, he's like, I can't wait to get myself a nosh. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. As Gladys Knight will be saying goodbye to Michael Jackson in a song. She is taking part in Michael Jackson's bar- family burial to lay the legendary king of pop to rest. She's expected to give a special performance during the ceremony at the Glendale Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale. But unlike Jackson's star-packed public memorial, which took place at the Staples Center in July, this burial will be a private event attended only by family and close friends. This comes after two months. This... He's he's been dead for two months. Doesn't it seem like it's kicking around? Like it was just yesterday, but on the other hand, it was like it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. The time seems to have slowed down and sped up all at once with with Jackson. You know, it seems like it was just six months ago already. Was that memorial service they had for him? And that I think was only four weeks back or something. Yeah, is Gladys Knight the one with the huge teeth, just the massive John Elway teeth? I don't remember her teeth. No, no, no. That's Dionne Warwick. I guess I'm thinking. Yeah, Dionne Warwick is huge. Teeth. Boy, have you seen pictures of Dionne Warwick when she was younger, when she was a, a teenager? Mm-mm. I mean, her teeth are. I mean, she's got massive, like George Thorogood jaws. But that is now like post plastic surgery. You want to see something really, really unpleasant? Or as Dan Aykroyd would say in the Twilight Zone movie, do you want to see something really scary? Go back and look at pictures of Gladys Knight when she, or, or, or now, now I'm doing it, of Dionne Warwick when she was like 17. It's freaky. It's like those things are going to come out of your computer screen. I, it, it's like she's got retractable uh, mother alien jaws or something. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So uh, police say a 61-year-old man, annoyed with a crying two-year-old girl at a Walmart, slapped the child several times after warning the toddler's mother to keep her quiet. A police report said the stranger hit the girl at least four times. And he replied, see, I told you I would shut her up. Roger Stevens of Stony Mountain is charged with felony cruelty to children. 
It's unclear if he has an attorney or even a telephone. Uh, the girl and the mother were shopping when the toddler began crying. The police report says Stevens approached the mother and says, If you don't shut that baby up, I'll shut her up for you. Stevens then grabbed the two-year-old and slapped her. The child began screaming even louder, and he was arrested. Police and examination showed the girl's face was slightly red. Uh, the child is doing fine. As of today, uh, she has nearly forgotten about it. She's out there playing, says the mother. The uh, girl's mother is also shaken up right now. Uh, well, she's very nervous, as to be expected. She's just trying to learn to calm down. By the way, somebody is saying that if you go to YouTube, there is footage of this uh, Pac-Man Jones strip club incident that Greg was talking about earlier, where he tossed all the dollar bills on the stage and then demanded them back. And I guess where he got into some big ruckus with the stripper because she wanted to keep the dollars, but he thought that they, they were just for cosmetic purposes. They were. Uh, it was like all that cash that blows around inside the money machine on television. That you know, cash may not actually be one. All right. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Beware of yellow jackets. This is the peak yellow jacket stinging season. I had a yellow jacket following me yesterday. I saw one, a couple of them yesterday. Now, was How it sort of follow? Was, was it like? Uh, following you everywhere you went it did not everywhere it, it wasn't like harvey it wasn't the, like stalking <laughs> it wasn't a six-foot rabbit it, it was, was scratching its head sitting on the windowsill waiting for your next move okay that's freaky why would you ever say that it's scratching the scratching its head part is that's the unnerving portion of that sentence that makes me cringe for some reason not so much that it's waiting for my next move, which I just sort of assume is the case. The idea that it's sitting there sort of idly filing down one of its fingernails and staring at me with its many bug eyes. I saw a What's praying mantis move? yesterday. No, I was leaving. We have to wait. So you saw a praying mantis. Yes. I saw a yellow jacket. I haven't seen anything anywhere. Were these were the praying mantises? Were they following you or was it following you? No, it was uh, it was the cutest thing ever. It was on uh, like 30, or 49th and Hawthorne. It was just on the sidewalk and I was walking in. Just kind of hanging out? Yeah, just hanging out. So I picked it up and hung out with it for a while and then put it in a bush so that um, the cat wouldn't eat it. That's fantastic. Did you ever do this? Did you ever see? It was huge though. It was beautiful. Well, because And they're just the weirdest looking things. They're, I know. They're amazing. And they can tilt their heads, which is unnerving. Did you ever see an, a creature like that? And I don't know if that's an insect or not. Maybe. I guess it must be because it has like a thorax or whatever. I think that's the deal. How many legs a praying mantis have? Six? Look like six. So, okay. So I think it's an insect. Did you ever see something like that though? And you realize that until that moment, you'd forgotten that they existed. I am that way with dragonflies. Whenever I see a dragonfly, it suddenly comes back to me that, oh, those are real. Because it, 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 And then as soon as the thing is gone, I just forget that they even exist because they seem like some weird, impossibly fantasy-based creature. I mean, they seem like a thing that would really only exist in, you know, like a Robert Heinlein story. Well, these yellow jackets look like something out of Transformers. Oh, here, so here's the thing about the yellow jackets. And we got a break. We'll come back with Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin. Uh, they can skin you, uh, skin you. They can sting you again and again. Skin you Happily, a with a big smile. The thing about yellow jackets is, unlike bees, they can just repeatedly attack you. Yes. Because they're not stinging you. They're biting you, I think, is the deal. They're, they're not unlike wasps. But I left the house, and I was walking to the car, and the yellow jacket, I swear to God, it it flew after me for what must have been like 45 feet. And at one point, I was so afraid it was going to follow me into the car that I began looping around and taking, like, ever more circuitous routes to get to the driver's side door, and the thing just kept following me everywhere I went. With a big grin on its face. (laughs) Remember my cousin Harvey? This is for him! All right, straight ahead, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Coming up at 7.20, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week will be here with food porn. Rodney King at 7.40. Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles at 8.20. And at 8.40 today, Harry Shearer of The Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame, plus your chance at Blink-182 tickets. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. (laughs) 
Stuart Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101. Coming up later on, uh, sometime before 9 o'clock, a pair of tickets to see Blink 182. We're also uh, going to be giving away Rescue Me Season 5, Volume 1 on DVD. Later on today as well, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles weighs in about the Michael Jackson funeral. And at 840, Harry Shearer of uh, Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, the one and only Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. How are you on this Thursday? Oh, doing great, Rick. Doing great. Uh, first, I wanted to say, number one at the box office is that Final Destination 3D which is the newest and supposedly last installment of this 10-year horror franchise. And like I said, this time in stunning 3D. So uh, 3D nudity is even better than regular nudity. And 40 minutes in, Nick Zano, who plays Hunt, and Gabriel Chapin, whose character name is Girl on Top, which tells you something about the importance of her role in the movie, uh, has a great topless scene. So 40 minutes in, great 3D nudity, and Final, Day, Final Destination 3D, number one at the box office. Uh, number three at the box office is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And whether you're a Rob Zombie fan of his remakes of these classic horror films or uh, not, uh, the one thing we can all agree on is Rob has no problem getting hot chicks naked in his films. This time at the 51-minute mark, Sylvia Jeffries goes full frontal. So Halloween 2, uh, which is number three at the box office, great nude scene from Sylvia Jeffries at the 51-minute mark, complete nudity there. Um, also on DVD, a movie called The Informers is new on DVD this week, and it's written by Brett Easton Ellis, and Rick, you know him, he's the guy that did Less Than Zero on American yeah. Psycho. Well, a lot of his stuff is set in the early 1980s. This is no exception. This is early 1980s L.A., and in The Informers, Amber Heard, who you would know, she was the girlfriend of Seth Rogen and Pineapple Express. She was on the cover of Maxim. She has a movie coming out with Megan Fox in a couple of weeks called Jennifer's Body. Gorgeous Blonde is pretty much naked throughout this whole film. I'm, I'm blown away by how much nudity Amber does. Uh, great stuff. It's called The Informers. It's a new release DVD this week. She's been the most searched actress at our site this week because of this movie. So uh, that's great. And finally, a movie out on DVD called Life is Hot in Cracktown. It's an inner city drama about the influence of crack cocaine on a community. And uh, I'd call it Life is Hot in Racktown because an hour and five minutes in, Shannon Sossaman has a great topless scene. She's the girl from Heath Ledger's Knight's Tale, the short-haired brunette, and uh, she was also in 40 Days and 40 Nights. Gorgeous girl, great uh, nude scene. Life is Hot in Cracktown, new release DVD this week. I, uh, speaking of Rob Zombie, I would be remiss if I did not ask, and the male demographic would never forgive me if I didn't ask, if Sherry Moon Zombie uh, has, has done any nudity. Yeah, that's a great question. In his first movie, A House of a Thousand uh, Corpses, she had some real nice stuff, and then um, his second film, Devil's Reject, she did, but then in Halloween and Halloween 2, I think uh, she's been able to talk him out of getting her naked on the screen, so others have stepped up. But House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, we get Sherry Moon zombie nudity, but not in Halloween 2, which is currently at the box. Awesome. As always, doing the Lord's work, my friend. Thank you okay. so much. There Take you care, go. Rick. Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin. Dot com. That's weird that Excellent. there's a Rob Zombie mo- uh, movie without Sherry Moon getting naked. It's, and I guess I'd somehow, you know, the, the thing about um, House of a Thousand Corpses is it's just, a, it's just a big blur of images when I think back on that movie. But I guess apparently she's been uh, nude. I should go back and watch Devil's Rejects again. I saw The Devil's Rejects uh, when it first came out. I guess I saw it in the theater, which would have been, what, like four years ago, five years ago, something like that. So I saw it once, and I remember liking it a lot more than House of a Thousand Corpses, but I haven't seen it since then. Which I, I know we were talking about this yesterday, but which one is the one with the ride at the beginning with the kids on the car trip? That's 
That's Devil's Rejects. Okay, that's my favorite one. House of a Thousand Corpses is the one that just... Where that it, starts it, with the shootout at the beginning with the family that corralled in that house. Yeah. And then they torture that maid in the, um, in the oh, hotel. See now, I don't, see, now I don't yeah, even Yeah, I'm totally know. confused. Now I just, I just, the House of a Thousand Corpses is the one that has the long sequences... Where it's like there's the weird tunnel in the background or in the backyard that, you know, goes underneath the house or something. Okay, that's the one that I like. And there's the whole thing in the general store where he goes in and there's the guy who's the clown behind the counter in the general store. You know mm. what I'm talking about? That's House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's my favorite one. Okay, see, so, see, so, and I and I'm actually a bigger fan of Devil's Rejects, but uh, but have, Devil's but, Rejects is just so gory and gross. It was hard for me to watch. Although I think we've revealed now that we actually can't tell the two films apart, so I clearly <laughs> need to watch them again. Straight ahead, Tim Riley will have more news, including what stories, Tim? Well, Clark County will soon be able to identify illegal aliens. Another pit bull is uh, shot, and a Beaverton woman charged with kidnapping her neighbor's kids say the kids just made her happy, and she liked driving around with them. Creepy. Uh, all right. We'll also have food porn with Kelly Clark. Uh, Rodney King will join us on the show later on at uh, 740. Jim Roop from Los Angeles at 820. And at 840, Harry Shearer of Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame. Being on the air program. More from Tim Riley straight ahead as well. Plus, your chance at a pair of tickets to see Blink 182 next week. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Thursday morning. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. UFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO live from downtown Portland. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503 228. Four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Coming up later on this hour, I swear to God, Rodney King. Uh, next hour, CNN radio correspondent James Roop will join us as we uh, bury Michael Jackson. Which and it's weird that we've all kind of sped away and just left him on the side of the cultural road in the last few days. I mean, we were sort of uh, it's sort of like a binging and purging thing. Uh, I think, or maybe everybody's just kind of holding their breath because they figured that we're going to have to d- expend all of our excitement when they finally bust that doctor and stick him in the uh, you know in a jail cell somewhere. So we're just sort of saving up all of our uh, all of our enthusiasm and energy for that moment. It's a real life reality show. It really is true. Speaking of real life reality shows, uh, so Rodney King. So everybody's been asking me what he's promoting because obviously he's you know he's not just coming on because he's a pal of Rick Emerson. Although that is true. That is accurate. Uh, it, so he did celebrity rehab and he was on that show Sober House, which I guess is kind of like celebrity rehab uh although i've never seen it i think were you telling me it was sober house is the one where he went there was some like a very special episode of sober house where he went and he like put flowers at the side of the beating and that's what someone wrote to me like he forgave the police department and went to where he was beaten like laid flowers down on the ground and, how much and- did he win was it like 38 million dollars or something it was some unbelievable amount it was some exorbitant amount of money and somebody i'm gonna ask him about the award that he received, because I don't think that was from the cops themselves. I think it was actually from L.A. County, uh, which means that, you know, you'd probably get at least part of that. I mean, however bankrupt they may be, I mean, that's the sort of thing that, like, they got to, you know, they got to pay up. Not like a person who I think can file bankruptcy or, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, but so he is, and I'm not making this up, he is promoting a pay-per-view boxing match in which he will be fighting a cop, which is awesome. Which is great because it just indicates that no matter how famous you are, no matter what section of American life you come from, no matter how important or pivotal your role in American history, at the end, everything just gets squeezed out of the sort of narrow end of the of the, the celebrity sausage tube. You know well, what I mean? I was just reading about Daryl Gates, who was the police chief at that time. Now he's the CEO of this uh, security company. And it says here in his bio, 
Uh, Gates is recognized as an authority on the control of civil disorders and riots. <laughs> really? Is that instigating them or... Uh... All right. That's uh, what it says in his bio. Tim Riley is uh, tracking the following stories for you on this Thursday morning. So I'm I'm tracking that one, too. And uh, there won't be affordable housing on the South Waterfront for now. Apparently, they can't afford it. In Portland, police are going to st- start handing out business cards and become more friendly with those they arrest. And focus on the family is forced to cut its staff. All right. So that's uh, coming up. Let's uh, take a uh, let's take a, a peer into the mind of Kelly Clark from uh, Will Hammond uh, Week, who is joining us what today. Hello, Kelly Clark. Terrifying thought. Hey, how are you doing? Did you ever think that you would be here mere uh, minutes before Rodney King? And uh, it's the highlight a, of my life. A few more minutes ahead of uh, of Harry Shearer. From I keep Simpsons. thinking about who I'm going to fight someday in my celebrity. Battle. Who would you fight in if my you really like, had in to? my like E list celebrity battle? Mar- Margie Boulay, maybe. Ooh! Just give her like a. I think. I think Let's she could call her uh, out right now. Come on, Margie. Let's go. I mean, I think she could probably. Put I up will a, end you. A, st- a strong fight, but I. I think at the end of the day, the judges would. Uh, they would hew to your side. Of she's the, got uh, the reach card. on me, though. She's tall and wiry. And I think Kelly could do it. And she's got the power of hate. You've got going the crazy on. behind you. Yeah. I've got the crazy. You've got That's the crazy. True. Nobody can I find can channel crazy. that. Yeah. So on the, you sent me an email last night talking about the new Willamette, and one of the things it was in all caps, and it just said story number one totally screwed. At which could mean any number of things, but I'm, I'm guessing it's uh, I'm guessing it's, it's to do with uh, it's, the recession and the economy accurate. and all. Yeah, we uh, put a giant economic meltdown survey, kind of how are you doing and how are you dealing with this survey in the paper last month. We got the response, about 1,000 uh, thousand readers responded, and uh, basically they think it's uh, the fault of the creative class. They're ruining everything. The creative uh, class being who? Pretty much themselves. Either you are a young creative who moved here without a job because you like the uh, lifestyle, or they're the person who took your job, according so to our survey. Like it's it's the, very the lifestyle of a barista making minimal. Pretty money. much, it's pretty self-loathing. But uh, like <laughs> forty, per, you know, forty percent of our, our readers said that they had more than ten thousand dollars in debt. They were more than ten thousand dollars in debt. But fifty-five percent said they would starve before they shopped at Walmart. I read that article yesterday. That was fascinating. <laughs> Oh, there you there go. You go. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay, talking. seriously, you're freaking me out. You got to quit that right now. Actually. No, it's a, it's a really interesting article. Read it. Like that's so spiteful because they're like, stop moving to Oregon. Like everyone's. Oh, like, it's so great. And it. the best part is, so uh, five of the people we had people do little Twitter messages, sort of like, what do you want to Twitter to Portland? And when we plucked five of them out, that were basically young creatives and did Q and A's with them. So you know, we've got a tattooed young lawyer who can't get a job. Who's basically like, where else am I going to go? I have tattoos and I'm like the rocker chick and I'm a lawyer. Who else wants? So me? when you say young creative, though, does that mean somebody who works in in the in the entertainment industry or no, somebody who works in the artistic field? It used to be back field? in 2001, um, I think it was a cultural anthropologist, Richard Florida, said young creators were people who work in creative industries like media or uh, advertising or anything where you're using your brain in a creative manner uh, to make money. What it means now, though, is you don't have a job. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of at least what it means in Portland. This is sort of like if you're one of the fun employed. Yeah. If you have a fun job, you're apparently one of the creative class, which right. has, you know, risen. And they all moved to Portland. So and and it's weird because half the people who answered the survey, I mean, we are creative class people. I mean, appara- I mean, I guess I would be one. I was actually you guys a, would yeah. be. We are all young creatives. So everybody loathes <laughs> us, really, is what you're saying. But we loathe ourselves, too. I should say I was actually getting a haircut yesterday, and the guy was, you know, and, and, and I didn't go to the place where I normally get my haircut. I went to this sort of barbershop guy who's in my neighborhood, and it is like the old school barbershop where you walk in, it's that, like the smell of Vitalis, and he's got the big blue... Oh, the blue thing with the... The, the blue thing with the combs uh, the, the floating in it, and he's got like <laughs> Dave Brubeck or something on the stereo. And I'm sitting there, and you know, he, and he's kind of an older guy. I would, I would put him in probably his mid-50s. 
but I'm not in the chair like five seconds, and he, you know, he begins with a, so what do you do for a living? Some weather we're having. Boy, look at that girl walking by. What kind of car do you drive? And we're having the whole kind of like guy talking to guy conversation. But about two minutes in, he starts in on the people moving to Oregon and taking everybody's jobs thing. And then it turns yeah. out, of course, that he is not from here. Uh, yeah. So that sort of seems to be the the deal. Because we're still like, what, number two in unemployment or something behind the... Yeah, we're number two or three. Behind right Michigan. So, I try not to look. I mean, well, that because <laughs> it's really painful. number two, number five. I mean, really, we're we're all still totally screwed. I, you know, as long as we're not Flint, that's uh, that's really all I care about. <laughs> that's and our new motto for the city: we've not got, Flint. We've got food porn uh, coming up at seven twenty. <laughs> Before we do that, real quickly, you mentioned something else that I, I don't really know much beyond the initial sentence, but it was something about some sort of secret stone cutter type society that apparently is running all of Portland. Uh, we don't know if they're running all of Portland. There is a secret political book club for lack of a better term called the junto i would pronounce it the junto but apparently they pronounce it the junto and it's a bunch of sort of high rolling politicos um and environmental people and lawyers and they all meet once a month they're all democrats and they're all men and they meet at balbusta the private dining room of mama mia's once a month and somebody like sam adams comes and talk to him or show to zono or somebody else you know a government person comes and talks to them and they just you know talk and drink wine and hang out and, and conquer the world and apparently may conquer the world and fix the price of gasoline so i guess you know Change nigel jacobs wrote a big story about this kind of about like oh just we didn't know about you and why don't we know about you so apparently they they could be setting out to conquer portland or they could just you know be getting a little tipsy talking to their buds and i'm always out and doing political stuff steve novick's one of them too and he says really guys it's basically a political book club I'm always intrigued by sort of the revelation of secret meeting places. Yeah. In other words, you know, where there's some group of people, there's a tradition that they get together at such and such a place at such and such a time. Sure. And that they've been doing it for 75 years. And then when it suddenly made, you know, the public is made aware of it. And then there's a huge influx of people. And then everybody's got to look at each other and they've got to have a meeting and, you know, figure out some new exactly. place to, uh, you know, to get together. So, yeah, there might be Junto groupies now. Awesome. So we'll talk yes. about uh, food porn when we come oh, back. Yes. That is uh, at 7.20, 7.40 this hour. Rodney King uh, coming up at 8.20. Jim Root from CNN Radio Los Angeles about the Michael Jackson uh, burial, which is today. And at 8.40, Harry Shearer of Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame, plus your chance to win tickets to Blink 182. Stay there. More on the way. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, 503-228-4101. Coming up at 740. Uh, 20 minutes from now. Coming up at 7.40, we'll talk to Rodney King. Coming up at 8.20, seeing a radio correspondent, James Roop, will be here to talk about uh, Michael Jackson's burial happening today. And at 8.40, Harry Shearer of Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame, uh, who we've actually talked to before. You can go to uh, KUFO.com anytime there or not. You can hear the last interview we did with Harry Shearer, which was which was awesome. Really just one of the best interviews uh, we've ever had. So we will be talking to him. And I think he's in London. Isn't that the deal? Yeah. So we're going to be, uh, that's where we're speaking to him uh, via the magic of ISDN and science. And technology. So that's coming up at uh, 840 uh, this morning, plus your chance to win a pair of passes uh, uh, to Blink 182, which is next week, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories for you on this Thursday morning. Well, it looks like alcohol has now been banned after that scandal at the Kabul embassy, after Hillary Clinton got in the act. 
Now they're going to start locking up OxyContin and even bigger safes in Washington State because so many people are robbing. Uh, then we have another plaid pantry robbery to tell you about. Were you uh, were you the one just is that the the Afghan embassy that you were showing us the photographs of during yes. the break? So at some point we'll get these posted. I don't know if they're on your website, Tim, or if not they're uh, if they're elsewhere. They're really. I don't even know whether they're safe for work or not. I don't think they're safe for work. I don't think they're safe for anything. I mean, unless you actually work at the embassy, in which case they're not only safe, they're in fact encouraged in a representation of exactly how your day ought to proceed. <laughs> uh, we'll get these posted at some point, but Sarah and Greg and I were looking at these during they're the break. disturbing. Have you they're, seen them? I have just seen yeah. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week is here. Have you seen these photographs from the Afghan embassy where apparently it's, every it's night is hazing nights? Uh, I, I saw a couple of the photos. It's like that. Uh, you, you know what it's like? It's like when I lived in... Uh, uh, when I lived in Spokane, and they were, I think it was at WSU, and I don't mean to be busting on your alma mater, but when I was living in Spokane, which would have been, I don't know, maybe like 91, 92, something like that, there was a frat house that sort of animal house style had to be, you know, it had to be closed down because they'd run afoul of something or other, and they'd violated their charter. Anyway, so the man goes in and starts cleaning out. Uh, the house where all these frat guys lived. And it's exactly like that sequence in Animal House when they're bringing out, like, a donkey, and then they have, you know, and then they bring out the case of Jack Daniels and the mermaid with the, like, fish boobs or whatever. So the fish boobs. It's, you have to, it's, it's a whole thing. But at one point when they're cleaning out this frat house at WSU, they find, I swear to God, a pan in the basement where there's a sheep. And... They were Ew. all. See, you don't know. You don't know from ooh. You say ooh now, but you don't. You don't know. There were all of these untoward details that came out about you know during like pledge week and the sheep and the whole lot of like how badly do you really want to be a frat brother? And it was exactly, it was exactly what you think it was. And I remember sitting there and staring at the newspaper and thinking to myself like, how bored are you at the party? Like how like is that where you just like you, there's no more coke, there's no more pot, there's no more booze. You know, and then Sam Kinison said, hey, wait a minute, doesn't your brother own a sheep? Abby, it's just like, what checklist do you have to go through in your head at this Afghan embassy before it sounds like a good idea to be, and I'm quoting now, this is from the story, because we are a news-gathering and disseminating organization here at the KUFO, where they were, in fact... Would you like me to read it? <laughs> Tim, uh, why, why doesn't the news department read that, uh, that sentence? It's, uh, the complaints are, quote, peeing on people... Eating potato chips out of buttock cracks, vodka shots out of buttock cracks, broken doors, drunken brawls, intimidation, a complaint from one Afghan delivery boy who was told, quote, you are very good for effing, unquote. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I, I suppose is nice in a sort of uh, well, the horrible way. Compliment the locals. I mean, you know, one takes a compliment whenever one can, Tim. In any event. All right. It's five they're being investigated by a government agency called POGO. And we still haven't figured out who's being punished with the vodka thing. Like, yeah. it's it's the worst series of photographs. They're it all really employees oh, of the Wack potato and Hut. chips. Yeah, that right there. Of course, your they first are. Clue. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. It's time for another installment of food porn with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Ladies and gentlemen, this one goes out to my favorite condiment. I want to talk about mayonnaise today. Whether it's a high-class garlic aioli that you made with your own two hands or a big vat of old-school best foods mayonnaise, mayonnaise is the sexy lube of the food world. Oh, 
Do you actually? Oh, Sarah just you. brought a thing oh of mayonnaise gosh, out of I her bag. I brought mayonnaise with me today. Oh, you just you're leave? my spiritual twin. <laughs> Looking at the new mayonnaise with olive oil. Yeah, you know what? I haven't tasted this yet, so we can do an on. It looks we like can do an on-air green. tasting in okay, a second. There you oh. go. It's, it might be kind of room temperature. Yeah. That- see, and the thing I love about mayo is that you can dip fries into it. You mix it with meat or potatoes or anything, whatever it is. It anything. makes it better because it squishes. I have to ask you this: Do you just carry mayonnaise around in your bag all the no, time? No, I brought uh, some bread and, and a garden burger this morning yeah. so shouldn't that be I, made that I was just gonna say you know what i'd love to do is have some mayonnaise at room temperature maybe after five or six days <laughs> mayo's good at all times it's slick it's thick it's eggy it's tangy like just carrots I, I don't know sometimes i make a sandwich and it's basically a mayonnaise sandwich i mean it doesn't really matter what else it's like one thin slice of meat and maybe like a touch of cheese and then just mayonnaise on every available surface in between those things. Sometimes it's just basically believe, an excuse. I believe you're my soulmate sometimes because mayonnaise is, in fact, my favorite condiment as well. Yeah. And it goes on anything. It goes on anything. On rice it's always better. Rice Krispies, it can go in peanut butter, like a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Oh, I haven't oh. had that. Oh, oh. That would Are be you so making good. that up? Are you no. effing with me? No, I would do good. that. I would totally do that. But oh, see, you like, try yeah, good. When, you, oh. when you get fries at a restaurant, do you just... Yeah, I always ask for a side of mayonnaise so I can dip each individual fry with proper mayonnaise coverage. All right. By the way, it's worth noting that everybody immediately just started gushing about mayonnaise at the same time just now. There was like a moment where there was like a verbal train wreck that just happened where everybody had to open their mouth and sort of expound on the glories of mayonnaise. Why not drop some off at the embassy in Kabul? I was actually just It also tastes good with potato chips. And I was going to say that I'm not a big mayonnaise fan. Like I, only because I'm not big on condiments uh, to begin with. Uh, Just uh, when I was growing up, there was way too many condiments used in all the food in my house. So as a result, I kind of shy away as an adult. But, um... Whenever I go to, there's this uh, restaurant that uh, Sarah and I are partial to, a place called Carafe. And yes. we go to Carafe. Oh, Pascal Sauton's French restaurant. And so they, good. They serve these, uh, you know, they're basically French fries with the fritas. Uh, yes. And they will come with a side of mayonnaise. And it's like the actual real old school, oh, yeah. you know, mayonnaise that is just Unbelievable! That man is. Have you ever met the owner, Pascal? I have not. He is this jolly Frenchman that looks like the Frenchman who lives in your your head, like just this. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> you must come here and you eat mayonnaise with me. I have a good time. We have a little bit of wine. Everything is wonderful. Like he is, he is the most attractive older jolly friend. Oh, he's so wonderful. But I have to get back to this thing of mayonnaise that's in Sarah Dillon's the handbag, which sounds yeah, can like I some try sort of this? because yeah. code I'm or actually. Something. I was skeptical of this is everyone. This is craft mayo with olive oil. It looks like mayo from Bath and Body Works. It kind of does. It, does. Yeah, and it, was, it was the cheapest mayonnaise. Like there was the generic one, and then I found this one uh, yesterday. Is this sort of like those triscuits you can buy now that are roasted? You know, they're like rosemary and garlic. Yeah, Which, by the taste. way, is just a, a is a front against all triscuits. No, 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 no. Mm. That's wrong. See, you're wrong about that. That's Why? where you this and I a, we part a, company. No, this is an upcoming food porn. No, no, no. The, the, the triscuits with the cracked <laughs> pepper and the uh, and the olive oil. Okay, let me try this. That's fantastic. All right. Oh, okay. And it's a light mayonnaise, too. It's not too thick. You know? All right. It's got a weird aftertaste. Does it? Yeah, it's got a weird aftertaste. It's kind of like a faux olive oil aftertaste. You know, something olive oil doesn't actually go with everything. You cannot use olive oil to make brownies, either. Final question is this. What is the (laughs) difference, Kelly Clark, between mayonnaise and salad dressing? Because you get that jar of like uh, you mean miracle best foods. Well, you know, ah. but I mean, what's the difference? Like, what is the what is the they difference? Have in ingredients? They have different recipes, and I don't know what the difference in ingredients is. But one is much thinner and sharper tasting, All like right. the the miracle whip is, and sweeter. So it's not like While a- mayo is. A, I mean, it's eggs. It's rich. It should be thick. It should be tangy. Oh, and if you've never tried to make your own mayonnaise before, just you. Oh man. So this isn't like a ketchup catsup thing where one is just a trademark. No, it actually, not. Different miracle ingredients. whip is actually a different recipe, and it's much sweeter. It's. Ugh. 
It's the lame. Damn you! I'm always hungry when you leave. Why do you do this to us? Well, you can eat a handful of mayonnaise like I'm doing right now. (laughs) Oh man! Can I just tell you this? We're going to close this out with this, like the worst (laughs) thing you've ever heard. And Greg is already uh, really off put by this whole segment. I can tell. (laughs) Are you not a mayonnaise fan, Greg? I am not a mayonnaise fan. Okay, then you'll want to listen real closely for this. When I was in high school, I used to uh, cut class with my friend Ben, who was a large person. He was a man of substantial carriage. We would go to his house, uh, and we would sit around and watch MTV, and he would get stoned, and he would take out a huge jar of mayonnaise and a spoon and just eat the whole thing. Oh, to have a friend like Ben. That doesn't actually sound like a terrible idea, does it, Sarah? <laughs> Not if the spoon is a french fry. There you go. And I'm out. <laughs> Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. Reader in print in Willamette Week or online at wweek.com. Coming up next, Rodney King, ladies and gentlemen, at 8.20, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. At 8.40, Harry Shearer from Spinal Tap at The Simpsons and your chance to win Blink 182 tickets sometime before 9 a.m. It's a Rick Emerson show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 820, CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop will be here to talk about Michael Jackson's burial, which is today. And it is sort of strange that there's not much media coverage of that. It's a, it's a thing that everybody sort of is blinking and missing, I think. 840 today, we'll talk to Harry Shearer of uh, The Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame and your chance at a pair of tickets to see Blink 182. Coming up in uh, just a few minutes, we'll talk to Rodney King, of all people. And I have to say, this is my final uh, note on the mayonnaise thing. As much as I really do like mayonnaise with the right, you know, with the right sort of food and in the, in the right combinations and the right amount, the whole notion of you eating a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich, I can't. It's like even forming the phrase with my mouth makes me feel a little. It is a little so Ill. good. It tastes like buttery. It doesn't even taste uh, like mayonnaise. It tastes like like a juicy peanut butter sandwich. Why is it called mayonnaise? It's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's a juicy peanut butter sandwich. And if it doesn't taste like mayonnaise, like why not just put butter on the but sandwich? It, has, like, it puts like a little tang to the. Um, peanut butter in a good way. Uh, I'm never, ever, And I ever... Googled peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches, and I'm not weird. I, it's a big Midwest thing. I, I remember a lot of my buddies from the Midwest. No, you are weird. Yeah, so is the Clan. Uh, I, I just... I'm not the one trying to book a Nazi today. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get one? <laughs> I don't know, Greg. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is there, I don't know if they're really in the yellow pages. I'm not really sure you can open. The Susan are open this early. <laughs> <laughs> they're late risers. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. It's the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. You can also uh, text if you like at 52051. I did get some, but I should be fair. I got uh, a handful of emails about this. And half the emails said for people, they were like, I thought I was the only one that ate peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. But the other half are like, but there's no middle ground. The other half are people who are just horrified by it. I mean, Tim's horrified by it, but it's not really a fair question because he's a vegan. Um, Greg and I are both. Greg and I are omnivorous people, and it strikes me as there's something about, you know what it is also? It's that I'm picturing the peanut butter and the mayonnaise. It's something about the visual aspect there. It's the way that the two sort of look together that I just, I can't get past. There's something there. And I, I was grossed a, out before I heard about it. I, I was just, just like, I'll never eat one of those. And somebody made me one, and it was delicious. I think it's like a texture thing, too. Um, but you can't even really tell the texture. Greg just says, in the context of food porn, mayonnaise is like an Afghan embassy to me. All right. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Garrett Barney from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 742. Expect showers today. Highs in the 70s. Rain coming in for the weekend. 
Two robbers have whacked the Salem Plaid pantry clerk over the head with a wine bottle. Then, to make matters worse, they reached over the counter and stole cigarettes. Both these bad guys are white, around 21 years old. Oxycontin robbers are so common in Washington State that Walgreens is locking up the drug in 114 stores using time-delayed safes. This is Oxycontin you're talking yes. about? Yes, it's one of the top ten drugs of misuse, abuse, and overdose. I didn't think that, oh, I guess in the pharmacy, you were talking about the Walgreens, I was going to say, I didn't think Oxycontin was really an over-the-counter kind of remedy, but I guess in the pharmacy they must, because that's basically, that's the, that's the well, that's the stuff that killed DJ AM, right, where they found like eight mm-hmm. of those or something and one, in, the creepy thing about that story is how they find eight pills in his stomach and one in his mouth, which is like he was just sort of taking them one at a time and he, he, he just forgot uh, it was in there. Reached the, uh, reached the critical mass fairly early. Let's. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program, sir. Madam's the case, maybe. Good morning yeah, to you. This is Jerry, and uh, I can go, uh, uh, is it Kelly uh, with the food porn? Yes, Kelly Clark. Uh, I can go her one better. I've just been introduced to bacon Dude, I'm old school bacon We've had the bacon people on the show before. Oh, the, my uh, God. <laughs> bacon is awesome. bacon is from the same company that made bacon salt, which was the first yes. thing those guys made. And they also make a bacon lip balm that Sarah has at home. I mean, talk about sitting down with a jar and a spoon. <laughs> The th- the thing about bacon is, is it's kind of weird when you look at the ingredients and you realize I think as the, as the um I think as the guy himself said when he was on the show bacon is let's see it's all natural yet it's also somehow kosher and it now comes in three different varieties I think there's smoked there's hickory and there's regular uh, well what? I can't get enough of it I'm making sandwiches at home and putting that stuff on everywhere I can think of I was going to ask the most interesting thing you'd use the bacon for um, well, basically just a good cold cut sandwich and each layer would have bacon on it. Some, you know, roast beef, bacon ham, bacon I have to say that I think it's not just us uh, that is made hungry by the food porn segment every week because I was because Kelly will come in here and she'll rhapsodize as only she can in her melodic way about some kind of food and then we go to the break and we're all just starving. Now, in a way, I'm glad that you are feeling that as well because I mean, you know, it's sort of commiseration. It's not just us. Ugh. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's only quarter eight in the morning. Seriously, hey, just by the way, if you got that bacon salt around, here's the thing you should do with that: pick up some bacon salt. You put that on popcorn. I have not gotten the bacon salt yet, but that's next on my list. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right, man. Thanks. There you go. That's uh, Jerry. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How can I assist you on this uh, Thursday morning? Yes, hello? Hello there. It's you. Hi. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, I was just uh, talking about the uh, hearing about the peanut butter and mayonnaise thing, but my father from the South, he was really into this peanut butter, mayonnaise, and cheese, and it's surprisingly good. So peanut butter, mayonnaise, and cheese, was this sort of, now was it grilled? Was it melted together? Nope, nope. Just, just, just a plain sandwich, peanut butter and the mayonnaise with a slice of cheese in it. How do you feel about peanut butter, mayonnaise, and cheese, Sarah, like a slice of cheddar or something on that? <sighs> I could if I could add anything else because I'm looking at it online too and it's like uh, people have peanut butter uh, mayonnaise and lettuce and that just kind of grosses me. See, lettuce doesn't have any flavor though. There's just, like there's no. Yeah, but that texture kind of grosses me. Peanut butter and lettuce together would kind of gross me out. Really? So texture. So with lettuce, it's not the flavor; it's the feel of the lettuce. I might lettuce. be able to do cheese though. Cheese and mayonnaise and peanut butter. That sounds kind of good. You know what I like? I mean, cheese and peanut butter just by themselves are actually not such a bad yeah, combination. Yeah, they're really good together. Kind of like chocolate and cheese sort of go well together. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. The mayonnaise helps it slide down. <laughs> uh, see, it has to ruin everything beautiful with a phrase like that. 
All right, coming up next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Rupel join us. We'll be talking about the Michael Jackson funeral, which is happening today. And at 8.40, Harry Shearer of Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame. Our next guest is, uh, to put it mildly, a major part of uh, American history. He appeared on the second season of Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew, uh, which was on the, in uh, October 2008. He was also on Sober House, which was a Celebrity Rehab uh, spinoff, which was about you know, kind of everybody in the house sort of trying to live together and stay sober. And that was uh, earlier this year. He is scheduled to fight a celebrity boxing match against a former Pennsylvania police officer September 12th, 2009 in Pennsylvania. The website is GoFightLive.tv. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Rodney King. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, I have to ask about this pay-per-view boxing match that's coming up. So you're going to be uh, boxing this guy who's he's a former cop from, from Philadelphia. Um, now, do you do you know how to box yourself? Because it seems like otherwise that's going to be a little bit of uh, unpleasant history repeating there. Um, no, I've, I've, I've boxed when I was 13. It was called the, old blind, the blind guy from Pasadena. He was an old trainer. Everybody knows him out this way. Um, it was a little rough for me back then, so I, I got out and got into baseball. Went out for went out to try to make baseball. I missed, but however, I went over to the next league, Pony League, and we won a championship that year. So I've always been competitive, trying to compete. And then in high school, I played baseball, um, and then I got back into boxing when I was like 16 or 17. But uh, um, just had got out of it for some reason, you know. Um, who's work different job? Whose idea? Who's somebody? I've worked. I've been working out, and athletes sometimes when they get to working out, you know, you you want to. Uh, me, I'm. I like to jump into all type of different sports. And the age I am, I got an opportunity to do a boxing, and I've got a shot at it at 43. You know, so I'm. I'm getting. Who's I'm, I'm gonna get in there and do it. I remember when I was younger, and I. I don't have. I mean, I feel good. I feel good, and I feel like I want to do this. Whose idea was it uh, to have you in this this boxing match? Is that is that a thing where they called you and they said, "Uh, we've got a cop. Would you would you like to box him?" You know, I remember my dad. My dad made us get in there and fight this guy when I was like eight, and he just we guys kept kicking our ass. Me and my brothers beating beating us up, and he pushed us in there and go fight again. So I'm looking at it like my dad is alive, and he said it was okay to get in there and fight this last fight, fight a couple more fights, and do it legally and have some fun with gloves on. And so I've always, like I said, I've always wanted to get in there. And 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 uh, over the years, watching the old fighters fight and stuff, you always think, you know, it would be fun, and it would be fun to get in there and do have some fun, man. It's a sport. I'm an athlete. I'm, I'm sports is like, yes. to that. Uh, so I we, want, I, I'd like to get in there, and, and I was supposed to fight five years ago, off the pal, but however. Some people messed the deal up, and me and him didn't get a chance to fight. And it probably wouldn't have been a good time back then, anyway. When but you were uh, was another opportunity. When, when you were when you were doing the celebrity uh, rehab show, you were uh, you know you were on there, and then you were on Sober House, and you were you seemed like one of the most level-headed people on that on that show. But you watching it, I always wondered, dealing with Doctor Drew, is he? As really, you know, in real life, is he as good natured as he seems, or is it, or is that to some degree like an angle he kind of plays up when he's on camera? I mean, is Drew the same way in real life that he is when you watch him? Man, that guy is like really a nice. He's a nice guy. What you see with Doctor Drew is what you get. He's he's one of them good old boys. He was raised whoever his mom and parents, however he was raised. He's from the good old days. He's 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 a he's a good guy. He's a good man. What you see is what you get. 
We're uh, talking to Rodney King. Uh, he's going to be taking part in the celebrity boxing match. GoFightLive.tv is the website for that. And so, obviously, you know, with everything that happened, your you know your life took a, a pretty severe turn, uh, to say the least. If all that hadn't taken place. You know, do you ever? What would you be doing now? In other words, in some in some really horrible way, do you think that you're in a better place in your life now because of everything that happened with the you know the beating, the videotaping, and all that? I think how a person structures structures their life after any situation that they've been in is um, is really is really um, crucial, and it's up to that person. And I'm in the state of mind where I know that I was raised, you know, better. And I have morals. And however my life would have turned out, I would have morals, whatever it would be doing, whether it would have been still with construction, whether it would be, uh, you know, just whatever, flipping a burger, it would have been, it would be uh, a respectful life. And But I'm, I'm glad that I had, had people that looked and shine the light on me to give me opportunities for these opportunities to have come up like this. Because if I have, had I been living anywhere else in the world, it would just be a sad, really sad case. Have you, uh, since that happened, have you met, uh, you know, or talked to in person with any any of the, the jurors or anybody else who was involved on the other side of that case? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Have you ever? Is that a thing that you would do if, if you know, if if you had the opportunity uh, to meet with or talk to one of the jurors from the case? Is that a thing? Was that? Would you talk to them? What would you say? Oh yeah, I it would. I would always talk to them. Just thanks, thanks for uh, them taking their time in in history and time in life at that point in time to uh, came to a good, you know, a fair decision uh, and uh, making sure justice prevailed in our country. Thank you for being a part of. It. American rules and and you know making things turn out right in this world. You've got this. Uh, you got this celebrity boxing match coming up, and uh, the website for that is GoFindLive.tv. What is uh, what's after that? What is next for you once that's done? I've been um, working on my book, working on a book, and then I'm uh, on and off with uh, the construction company too, also. But the book, I've been really working um, on uh, getting my life in order and spending time with family, getting done with my book. And making sure that my construction company that I've started almost in, in uh, back in the days do what it's supposed to do. I gotta say, you seem at this point you seem pretty, uh, pretty even keeled about the whole thing. I mean, just talking about the jurors now, it seems like you've really kind of moved on in a way that I think a lot of people probably wouldn't. And I and I got that sense, uh, you know, with celebrity rehab that you, you know, what I saw of it that you. You know, you, you would reach kind of a place of being mellow with it, but it does sound like you're sort of at peace with that. I don't know that a lot of people would be able to get over that. Well, you got to move on, and you got to be able to make room and have get this world, the world, not just United America, get the world ready for the next phase in life. We stuck on what we've been stuck on since the time we've been here, and hell, we're not even going. We're not even going to think to get to Mars, get to Venus, get to where we're supposed to be. Come on, man, you, you can't. You, I'm, that's just me as an individual. I'm sorry to downplay it, and I know it's a horrible situation, but it's a situation where you can't afford to waste time on that hate, on the on the path. You can't. You got to move forward and make room for the next generation. However, they gonna do it. You speak for all of us, Rodney King. All right. On that note, my friend, uh, thank you for spending some time with us. The website is Go Fight Live. Dot TV and uh, best of success in all you do, sir. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you. All right, there you go. That's uh, Rodney King, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, website there is uh, GoFightLive.tv. Wow. wow. I feel more motivated now. <laughs> Sober house, huh? I Well, look.
Maybe I'm not doing the best I could be doing. <laughs> Maybe it's a cumulative drunk. I uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I I'm, that doesn't seem like that actually just happened. I'm mesmerizing. I'm unclear about whether he's truly. I mean, I can't see into the soul of Rodney King. I'm unclear about whether he seemed genuinely sort of like he had moved on and was just sort of zen with the whole thing. Because when I asked him, like, what would you say to a juror? And he said, I would, you know, thank you for being part of the American legal process. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess on the one hand, it's a very, you know, it's a nice sentiment. It's a very, uh, it's a very, it's a hallmark moment. It is, uh, it is what my old teachers would have called, uh, uh, that is a very, it's a very Christ-like thing to say. But the, you know, this is very much even-handed and even-keeled about everything, as I said. But on the other, on the other hand, you wonder if maybe he's just, uh, you know, like one or one or two uh, marbles short of a full bag up there. I, uh. It didn't really sound like he was uh, uh, like he was cognitively on all cylinders. To be fair, he was beaten like a thousand times with big metal clubs, but still. Well, they were shining the light on him. Yes, the light of justice, Tim, and pain, mostly justice. He was in a bad neighborhood, too. Oh, we just talked to a part of history, though. That's well, cool. that's my thing. I mean, that's why, you know what? That's why I n- never say no to interviews like this. Never. Uh, that's why the same, you know, we got a we got some flack a couple years back because we brought Vanilla Ice to town. Vanilla Ice was, uh, we did a station event. It was uh, 777. It was on the, mm-hmm. whatever, July 7th, I guess. Yep. Uh, 2007. And we had Vanilla Ice and people were, you know, we had some people who were giving me crap about it and whatever. No, screw that. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's pop culture. You can't I mean, listen to people. No, I don't. I never do, Tim. Uh, but... Uh, but, you know, the, the, the things that are living, breathing slices of pop culture, I mean, that w- I will never say no to that. But I don't know what's going on with that guy. That was, it was sort of, uh, that was a little surreal just now, trying to figure out what's going on in that guy's head. All right, it's uh, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Yeah, it's, Greg is pointing out that next we have to talk, well, we've already talked to Mary Jo Botafuco. Amy Fisher really ought to, be, uh, ought to be next. Greg is all on this Amy Fisher kick for some reason. Well, you know, she's hot. And, you know, have you seen that porn film? Well, of course not. Have you seen that porn film she put out? I have not seen the porn film. Oh, yeah, right. That's a girl who's, uh, (laughs) she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. I'm going to put it that way. Uh, Real quickly, and then we'll uh, take a break. Sarah, where were you uh, when the L.A. riots happened? God, I was 12. I I was just too young to even, like, care. To really register. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I'm sure I cared, but I just didn't really know. And that was when my dad was also in the Persian Gulf, so I was more focused on that, I think, than... Greg, where were you? Uh, where were you in the LA riots happened? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I was in middle school too when that when that was going on. So I did I don't really remember a whole lot of it. All right, and then leading, of course, to the gold standard here, Tim. I was in LA, and my dad <laughs> called me and told me not to go outside. And did you heed that <laughs> advice? I said, no, I'm going to go right over there right now because I want to get. A, I watch it on TV. I'm going to Florence and Normandy this instant. Yeah, I, I, as a matter you, of fact, he he was calling me at the same time I was watching Florence really? and Normandy on TV. Do not go outside. Oh, don't worry. I'll sit here and watch this for a while. I we didn't we didn't get a chance because that 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 interview sort of uh, that interview sort of got away from us pretty quickly because you could tell that his answers were sort of they were. It's like you hear about free range cattle. Those were free range answers. They just sort of wandered around unrestrained. I was going to ask him if he's talked to Rendell, Reginald Denny since that whole thing happened. You know, Reginald Denny, that guy who got yanked out of a truck and beaten he's, with a he's brick. He's now a um, mechanic in Lake Havasu. Reginald Denny. Yeah. Well, glad he found work anyway. Didn't look like that guy was going to be able to lace up his shoes. No, he is. His skull was broken in 91 places. Oh, Jesus. Imagine that. All right. 
Coming up next hour, we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop, also from Los Angeles. Uh, at 8.40, Harry Shearer from uh, The Simpsons. His final tap will be joining us. And more news from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Yes, you just heard us talking to Rodney King. We can't believe it ourselves. More of The Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. He's not born in the USA! Gotta fight for your right to vote! That's one small step for man, one giant. I have a dream! It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 8.40, ladies and gentlemen, Harry Shearer of Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame talking about the Unwigged and Unplugged DVD, which is uh, available now, as they say. From Los Angeles, CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop. Weighing in as we prepare to say goodbye again uh, to Michael Jackson. Hello, Jim Roop. <laughs> man, I first got to say, I dig Harry Shearer, man. He's the coolest guy. We, uh, we were lucky enough to have him on a few months back. Uh, we had like half an hour or something with him. He was really, really great. And uh, yeah, he's he's really one of our our favorite people. Um, just uh, and and a guy, you I mean, you don't realize how much he's done it for how long. You know, he was on the original. He was on the Jack Benny radio show. Uh, that's how long he's been doing this. And then he was on the Jack Benny TV show. You know, all the way up, obviously, to the Simpsons and everything now. But I mean, that guy's been doing it for. You know, the better part of his life, probably 98% of his life has been spent entertaining in one way or another. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, speaking of a guy who's been doing it since he was like four years of age, so you got uh, Michael Jackson. This is really the longest of goodbyes. Um, this is kind of a low-key thing, at least as much as anything involving the Jacksons can be low-key, right? It's not going to be a huge yeah. spectacle the way that the uh, the memorial oh, was. It's it's a spectacle in its planning. I mean, it's it's you're right. It's as low-key as the Jacksons will even attempt to get, I think. They have done nothing in secret ever. Um, this this thing, while it's closed to the public and closed to the media, still they're setting up the media across the street. They're providing uh, video. They're providing uh, you know some stills to print photographers. Uh, you're allowed to take shots of the arrivals. It's almost like it's a, an award show. But and it's going to cost at least 150 grand to do this thing. The good news here is that the Jackson Estate's paying for it. I, well, there was a bunch of. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say there was some wrangling about that, though, right? About who was going to be. Yeah, they had to go to court. Kevin Jackson had to go to court and say, "Look, you know, we can't force the taxpayers to pay for it. We have to pay for it, and there's plenty of money in Michael's estate. Yeah, the costs are extraordinary, but she said Michael was extraordinary. Right. So let's do this thing. 
Um, and then the, the the other question, of course, the lingering deal of uh, Dr. Conrad Murray. Do you suppose on some level, is there any possibility that the reason they have held off on just going out and pinching this guy is th- they were waiting until, you know, Jack and Michael was buried and, you know, that was done and resolved so it didn't loom over, over this? Do you suppose there was any sort of back-channel conversation about waiting until he was in the ground before they go out and nab this guy and start the whole criminal proceeding? I would almost guarantee that the law enforcement officials are thinking about every possible aspect of, of circumstance and consequence of arrest and charges, including let's wait until they bury the guy, let's wait until all the stuff is done, and the only thing we're left to do is, uh, is court stuff, whether it be custody or estate or whatever. Let's wait until everything's in the courts, and then let's go do this. I think that's a great perspective. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it seems like, it, for any number of reasons, A, because as we've talked about, there have been a number of high-profile trials in which the, uh, you know, in which L.A. County uh, prosecutors have not really successfully navigated uh, the waters. And also just because it's, in some ways, it is like a weird PR thing that you don't want to be out there sticking the guy in the back of a squad car as the Jackson family's trying, trying to bury Michael, because then it's just going to look very weird and, and creepy and untoward. Um, here's a dumb question, though. Conrad Murray, he's not, he's not going to be anywhere near this funeral, I would imagine. He is pr- the definition of persona non grata at this point. Oh, yeah, I'm guessing he's back in the Bahamas, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, he's not He's not been charged or arrested, um, so uh, he's free to come and go as he wants. I bet you he's not even in town. Is it true that the, the, the Jackson's getting buried in a gold-plated casket? <laughs> that way, it was it was a gold-plated casket at the memorial. I'm thinking it's the same casket. So apparently they're going to do a gold-plated casket with, uh, we heard, like two feet of cement or something on top because they are so afraid of what happened to Elvis happening. Because, you know, a couple of years after Elvis was buried, they found some guys, you know, trying to trying to dig out his old bones to haul away in a pickup truck or something, and then they had to come in, and Priscilla had to cover the whole thing with uh, concrete to stop that. So Yeah, well, this is... Forest Lawn is a little different. I mean, even you know folks like, you know Jimmy Stewart, Spencer Tracy, Gracie Allen, George Burns, their graves their graves are hard to find, and it's done by design. They don't want people going in there as a, as it was a tourist attraction. And even the folks who got the invitation to come to this thing, this invitation is nine pages, and you, there's a card inserted, a personally um, a personal invitation card inside this nine page invitation that you have to present to the gate when you get to Forest Lawn, then they give you a map to where the destination is inside that where wherever the ceremony is going to take place. That's not necessarily where the burial or where the interment is going to be, or maybe put it in the mausoleum, whatever. But I, I, I don't think, I think on purpose, because you have to go on the Internet and and, and download a map it's like a treasure hunt. It's like finding the Ark of the Covenant, basically. Yeah, you have and, to... and they give you a little hint, like they give you a picture of a statue, and then three feet over is George Burns's uh, <laughs> whatever. I mean, it's really strange how they do it, but I guess it makes sense because it is such a, uh, I mean, Hollywood royalties in there. Right. So you don't want any grave robbers getting in there. I suppose that would be, I mean, really, that's just, it really is like one step away from having Harrison Ford stand in the map room in Tannis or something yeah, with the exactly. head headpiece to the staff of Ra. All right, on that note, my friend, uh, everything uh, is all very, very busy today. So we will catch up with you undoubtedly uh, tomorrow or early next week. Have a, right. uh, have a good day, sir. Thank you. There you go. CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop in the City of Angels. All right. Ah, what a day.
Not over yet. Like a sprint. And we got uh, Harry Shearer of uh, The Simpsons, a Spinal Tap, Mighty Wind, uh, all of that. He's uh, going to be speaking with us here in just a few minutes. Uh, that's coming up at 8.40 today. And uh, we'll have uh, some uh, late-breaking news from Tim Riley. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the good people? Well, one of the top email stories in the New York Times is... Portland wants to be dog-friendly, but less so. It's about dogs allowed to run around in supermarkets, which has to be stopped. Also, uh, we have some interesting comments from the president's green jobs czar. You'll hear what he had to say about Republicans to a big crowd. And a Tennessee teen is baffling doctors by crying tears of blood. Tears of actual blood? True blood. Tears of blood. Is she a hot uh, redheaded vampire? Never mind. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Back after this, live from Portland, Oregon. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us here in just a uh, few moments. We'll talk to uh, our good friend Harry Shearer. Spinal Tap and Simpsons fame. He's talking about the Unwigged and Unplugged DVD, which is out uh, uh, now at Amazon and at uh, Unwigged.com and at finer uh, DVD stores everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 842 now. Expect showers today, highs in the 70s, rain coming in this weekend. A Salem cop shot and killed a dime that charged him. It was first reported that a dime was a pit bull, but the owner says no. It was three-quarter lab and one-quarter pit bull. That one-quarter was enough to want to kill people. Then we have Van Jones, who is the president's green job czar. He was asked why Republicans are always able to push their legislation through when Democrats can't get their act together. And he told us, hang on a minute, I just shut this off so it wouldn't make weird noises. (laughs) You are hoist by your own petard, Tim Riley. I have. Okay, so here's why he said Republicans are able to push the legislation through when Democrats are not. You know, when Bush was in office... They had a majority. It wasn't 60. It wasn't more than 60. But they pushed this is somebody through asking all the of these bills. So this is why Republicans get results and Democrats are just sitting there flopping around like uh, back-shelled tortoises. Mm-hmm. Well, the answer to that is they're Wow. Wow. Who is this? Man. Van Jones, president's green job czar. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I have to tell you, I'm going to be totally honest. It's not that I wasn't listening. I was, but I I didn't remember who it, who was speaking. You'd introduce you know you'd introduce the sound clip, and I'd already forgotten his name and title. As soon as I as soon as I heard that, I immediately was uh, I was on board. I started to care about him from the very beginning. It's because Republicans have the power of hate. Mm-hmm. A Tennessee teen is baffling doctors because he cries with blood. Uh, This young fellow who's 15 years old has been teased at school for being possessed, and doctors have been unable to diagnose why he cries in blood. Uh, The condition can be triggered by a tumor and even a bad case of pink eye. Uh, so the boy's afraid to cry now because the kids keep making fun of him. Because he cries blood? Yes. That is so, so cool. But have they have they deduced? I mean, is it, in other words, it's actual blood. It's not something that just looks like blood. Like, it's not just a sort of tinted saline somehow. Or it's not like a, no, it's eating too many carrots or something. Blood. I'm surprised all, like, the Jesus freaks aren't all over that kid. Like, Seriously, it's the second coming. We should go pray to him. We should go pray to him. We should go and touch his feet, Tim, and see if, uh, see if it heals us. 
Are we supposed to be listening to music? Yes, we are. That's okay. the True Blood recap theme. I'm attempting the, the multitask blood, they, there. They cry blood. It's oh, a multimedia God. presentation of today's news and headlines. It's finger bitten good. A 65 year old man had his finger bitten off last night at a healthcare rally in California. According to witnesses, a man was walking through an anti reform group to get to the pro reform side when he got into an altercation. After being pushed, the unidentified man retaliated by biting off his pinky finger. So he took the finger and walked to a nearby hospital for treatment. It's unknown whether or not he had insurance. It's Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And some weeks back, uh, we had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Harry Shearer, who is performing with Christopher Guest and Michael McKean on the Unwigged and Unplugged Tour. If you missed it, it is available on DVD at this very moment. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the uh, Rick Emerson Show once again, Mr. Harry Shearer. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Rick? I am doing fantastically. Thank you for uh, uh, joining us. I have to say, uh, seeing the live show, and now that it's on DVD, the, the first thing I want to state is that what comes across is the fact that you guys all have uh, a real love for music and for these songs specifically. It is the difference between satire and ridicule, and it, where it's done with a great deal of, of heart. And it, that, that can't be an accident. It, it must come from a... From a place of from a place of of loving um, of loving satire. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, I guess that's that's true. Um, we we uh, you know we we do have a lot of affection for these songs. We didn't set out to write crappy music. We set out to write uh, sort of uh, appropriate songs for each of these groups: uh, the Spinal Tap and, and the Folksman and A Mighty Wind, uh, which you could believe would have had you know enough popularity to give them a, a bit of a career at least so they had to be you know uh good songs of their type and uh, maybe lyrically a little suspect but um musically fun to play i mean that was the sort of the bottom line is they had to be fun for us to play uh and therefore fun maybe to hear uh, and and so when we when we turned around and did this show where we are now playing as ourselves uh, instead of these characters, um, we found that these songs were still fun to play. We live in an era where there there seem to be fewer rock stars. It, it seems this has, as the democratization of the music industry has sort of spread, that th uh, celebrities and people who work in the music industry are not as big, and they are not they don't have the media focus on them to magnify them in that way. Do you think that a, a movie like Spinal Tap would be possible today? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that that role has been taken over in some sense by by pop stars and and hip hop stars. I, I don't think they're I don't think rock stars are as big as they were, but I think you know a, a pop star like Britney Spears or a hip hop star like Kanye West, um, you know, might be the subject of a of a movie like that. But uh, you might get killed trying to make it. <laughs> We're, uh, we're talking to Harry Shearer of uh, Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame and from the uh, recent Unwigged and Unplugged tour. Uh, we can find out more about that, by the way, at unwigged.com. Uh, you guys went out as, as yourselves this time and, and, and not uh, in character, and there's sometimes the stereotype of the performer who's always more comfortable behind a persona. Is it, uh, for yourself or the other guys, is it, do you find that it's easier or trickier to go out and do these songs sort of straight-facedly, for lack of a better term? Well, you know, probably 10 years ago, I don't think we could have done this. I, I don't think I could have uh, been as comfortable doing it. Um, I, I, was, I was, you know, about at that, that time still more comfortable doing characters than, than being myself on stage. I'd never done stand-up. It wasn't anything I was interested in. But, um, you know, we came to a point where we just felt this was sort of the, the, uh, the un, 
the undiscovered, the unexplored uh, frontier for us, you know, and we'd, we'd done the other thing. We're all, I think, more interested in doing something different or new than, than doing the same thing over and over again. So it, it seemed like uh, a good time to, to try it. And the more we did it, the more I think we found that we really did enjoy it, and even more than, than doing it in character. And you mentioned that, you know, having it was the first time you've done this, and you, you even having been in show business as long as you have, you've been in entertainment and basically since you were, uh, since you were standing, uh, you know, starting on the, on the Jack Benny show. What, yeah. what would you think you'd be doing if you had not gone into show business? In the alternate universe, what, what did you become? Well, you know, I, I, I did explore the other things that I was sort of interested in. I, I taught school for a couple of years. I worked in journalism. I worked in, in uh, government at the California State Legislature. So I, I probably would have ended up doing one of those and, and not <laughs> being as happy as I am now. Um, but those were the, the areas that I was looking at. Um, something that I do want to touch on just because we're uh, we've just passed uh, the fourth anniversary of Hurricane um, Katrina. Did, did, having been someone and being someone who you know has a home in, in New Orleans, um, what is the status of that city now, and has it recovered to to any appreciable degree? There are varying depictions of that in the media, and I know that you have a pretty keen eye for that sort of thing and a very vested interest in the in the people and in the community. What's uh, what is the situation? Well. Um it's, it's as it has been since the disaster. Uh, it's sort of a, a two two pronged story. Uh, the uh, Brookings Institution has a thing called the New Orleans Index, which is the best sort of statistical indicator of things. The population is three quarters back. Uh, the economy is is actually doing better than most American cities because we we already had our big recession. It was called, you know, eight twenty nine two thousand five. Uh, so we're already in the recovery phase that, that the rest of the country is waiting for. Um, the schools have been reformed and are better. The health care system is still sort of reeling, although there are uh, uh, one major university is starting to open up neighborhood clinics, but there's still a mental health crisis in the city. Uh, the political system is being reformed, uh, a great deal more citizen activism and less tolerance for the old uh, corrupt way of doing things, and a, a great wave of entrepreneurial energy coming into town. I don't mean developers. I mean young people doing startup, you know, enterprises in, in fields like bio, biomedic, biomedicine and, and uh, all, all the technological fields. All that takes place inside a, um, a bubble of optimism that the people who built the levy system that collapsed uh, disastrously uh, in 2005 are building it better this time which is, I think, an act of faith at this point, and that the coastal wetlands that protect New Orleans from the severity of hurricanes can be rebuilt. Uh, we're losing, still losing the football fields worth every hour or so, and the federal government under this administration has not really uh, so far demonstrated any more uh, devotion to those two major tasks than the previous administration has. So that's the big question in my mind. We're talking to Harry Sheeran. Speaking of the federal government under this administration, uh, you are, as I believe you are in London now as, as we speak, yeah. and um, you spend a, a great deal of time there. Seeing those two worlds, you know, the, the British uh, the, you know, the, the British society and American society as you do and, and integrating them both into your life, what is your take on the way that the American healthcare system is being depicted versus the British healthcare system? Well, I, you know, I wrote a, a piece for the Huffington Post a couple of weeks ago um, because I have a, a relative who went through 
uh, an experience with uh, an HMO in California, and I have a relative who went through an experience with the National Health Service here in, in London. And they were very different experiences. They, I, I didn't claim that they were typical. They were just two that I happened to know about. And uh, in the one, um, my relative in, in, this, in the States um, was complaining of, of pain after a hip uh, surgery and ended up uh, being prescribed a, a highly addictive dose of OxyContin because the doctors at her HMO didn't have the time to do anything more than nod at her symptoms and, and write her a, a painkiller prescription. And my relative in Britain, uh, you know, saw a, a specialist uh, who correctly, apparently correctly diagnosed his situation and, and gave him the appropriate medication. So I, I just offered those two experiences uh, as sort of a counterpoint to all of the sloganeering uh, that we hear uh, going on because I'd, I'd had two real-life experiences. And I, I, as I say, I don't pretend to know whether they're typical or whether they're... And I, I also said, as a PS, I have personally, uh, thanks to my insurance and my, that comes with my job, uh, probably the best health care insurance in, in America. So I I can I've seen the best of it and but I've also seen the other side of it and I've seen I've not seen the worst of the British system but I have seen a, a very good outcome so uh, all I can do is offer those two or three experiences and say that's all I know. We're talking to uh, Harry Shearer. The new DVD is Unwigged and Unplugged live uh, and then it's a DVD is available uh, at Amazon.com. You can go to Unwigged.com to find out more. As as we wrap this up, I have to ask you guys had. Um, so many songs to choose from when you're doing this. You know, Mighty Wind and Spinal Tap and then all the other sort of ancillary and adjunct projects around that. Was there anything that you really wanted to fold in as part of the set list and you found out in rehearsals that it just didn't work no matter how much you tried to, to, to kind of make it function properly? No, there were songs that we sort of X'd out of the list, um, you know, automatically, like uh, um, uh, Rock and Roll Creation, I think of as, as one that we love to play and as it was always fun when we did the did in the movie because that's where I got caught in the pot. But we just couldn't figure out a way to do that uh, in, in a satisfying way musically. On the other hand, we never really thought of including Heavy Duty because it was too rock and roll a tune. And then I think a couple weeks into the tour, we thought, let's just try it one night and see. And uh, it turned out to be a, a, a great show closer. And, and even without drummer uh, or, you know, pyrotechnics or anything, it, it, it works great. So that was a pleasant discovery that we actually could do that tune in, in this context. The DVD is Unwigged and Unplugged. You can find out more at unwigged.com. Uh, as always, uh, my friend, thank you for spending time with us and best of continued success in life, music, art, and all things, sir. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Very you. Harry Shearer, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Awesome. Well, that is a, uh, that's a fantastic way to wrap things up. All right, we want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and James Roop for joining us today. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. From Willamette Week, Kelly Clark, who brought us food porn featuring mayonnaise today. Were you really just carrying that mayonnaise around in your bag? I really was. It wasn't because of Kelly? I thought it was. No, I had no idea. I hadn't seen her email until I got in this morning. Excellent. Uh, we want to thank, unbelievably, Rodney King for joining us today. Uh, that website, by the way, is... Lost to me now. Uh, it is GoFightLive.tv and Harry Shearer. You can find out more about the Unwigged and Unplugged DVD at Unwigged.
KUFO.com. Don't forget, this coming Friday at 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale continues with a $25 certificate to Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust being one of the things you can get. Sunny, uh, Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust, a state-of-the-art auto repair facility with top-notch technicians geared to the ultimate in customer service. You can buy those starting tomorrow at 9 a.m. You can win one right now if you call or 10 at 503-228-4101. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101. KUFO, you know the rest. Do it in your head. Buzz and smells like the 90s are next, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.